With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. On your mark. Get set. Go! Price is right indeed. Thank you, every single announcer of the Price is Right in the Barker era, except for one. For that, that lovely intro. Who'd you miss? <clears throat> oh, okay, let's play a game. Who do you think I missed? And yes, I'm counting Phil and announcers here. <laughs> for, for all of your hard work, I ain't touching this one. Nope. 
I heard Gene Wood. I heard Burton Richardson. Those are the top two I know of. I heard a Randy West in there. Um, was there Rich Fields? That was the very last one. Yes, they were in. They were in mostly chronological order, starting with Johnny O through Johnny O's two replacements that I could find or auditions at least, uh, which was Bob Hilton and Gene Wood. Yep, Bob Hilton did a fill-in for Olsen. He was sick once, I believe. And like- Hilton also got a nod for an audition. Uh, no, I was missing Don Bishop from that era. That's a name I don't even know, so kudos on that one, sir. Well played. Um, the rest of the list includes Randy West, Art Sanders, Daniel Rosen, Burton Richardson, Jim Thornton of Wheel of Fortune fame. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, um, Rich Fields, as you heard, and of course, the two infamous announcers that will live on in the history of The Price is Right, Johnny Olson and Rod Roddy. Now, for bonus points, for bonus points, um, what was the episode that I took the beginning and end of that intro from? Minus the cuts to the various uh, different announcers. It said the 35th anniversary. It was the 35th 35th season. I think it's the Bob Barker finale. And you would be right on the money, sir. 2007? Yep, 07. I was going to hope for a September 4th, 1972 intro being the old man around here, but I'll accept that. I actually watched that episode in preparation for tonight's episode. Am I going to the official show introduction now, Brian? Actually, I've got a question for you to kick us off. Oh, no! We've got official show introduction and a disclaimer. Hold off on your question, sir. Mr. Broadhurst. I'll sit on my question, but I do have one. Go ahead. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening, and welcome to The Price is Right Deep Dive Part 2, The Bob Barker Era, a presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com. I am your host. I am the voice of reason, allegedly. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining us, as per usual, it's your traditional cast of characters. He is the DSDO. He is your executive producer. He is Eric Watkins. And already had to do some extra executive producing thanks to Facebook. Thankfully, everything taken care of. Yeah, speaking of which, what happened with Twitter and um, leaks, leaks to the max or whatever earlier? Um, Think of it this Did we have technical the- difficulties that I wasn't aware of? The remember twi- remember the tw- when I said, false start, my bad, I got distracted? Yeah. That's what it was. Then we restarted and everything was fine. Uh, So the version that I saw pop up in my feed when I was checking Twitter during the end of NXT was the one that was the false start. Gotcha. Okay. Anyways, uh, officially of the leagues to the max or whatever, as well as the newest man around here on life is like a game show, Brian Espinoza. He's currently eating, which is a W2M network on air, which is a W2M network exclusive. Eating on air is definitely 100% a W2M network gimmick exclusive. And this is the first food that I have had since like one o'clock today. I had a steak around six, so I'm good to go. 
And mm. the old man around here, the one calling for the 72, he is the JTN. He is Jonathan Nielsen. Gimmick infringement is also a W2M network exclusive as I meeting on air as well. And Mr. Watkins, I understand you have a disclaimer for this particular episode. Well, it's not my disclaimer, but since the man whose disclaimer is is currently eating on air, I will take over. We definitely apologize in advance. Yes, while we are known to go off the rails. Yes, while we are known for our gimmicks. Yes, while we are known for a variety, a plethora, a cacophony of jokes, if you will. A cornucopia, we even. Exactly. We do our absolute best to try to keep our episodes at a reasonable length. However, this is The Price is Right. And for this episode, it's the Bob Barker era. We've got a lot to cover. So again, apologies. We've got so is- much to cover that for the first time in the history of doing the show, we actually created an agenda. Um, not the first time, but one of the few times. The most detailed agenda we've ever created. Yes. That, it's definitely that, the first time we've created an agenda while I've been a part of this show. No, we did an agenda for one of the older ones that we did. I don't specifically remember which show it was, but I know I posted a format for one of them. I can't remember. I call it a list of topics, not necessarily worthy of being That's titled fair. agenda. Yeah, you no, know? this is flat out agenda. I mean, there's definitely an agenda to it. All right. Um, for those of you who missed week one of The Price is Right Deep Dive, it is available in the archives on W2Mnet.com, as well as on all of your favorite uh, audio and visual formats for listening to old episodes of the show. We'll get more into that later. I don't feel the need to go into the full breakdown right now. People get pissy when I do it too often during the show. Therefore, on last week's episode of Life Was Like a Game Show, we covered the Bill Cullen era of the price is right 1956 to 1962 and then in syndication 63 to 65 in addition we also covered prices right in pop culture much of which actually consisted of clips featuring our esteemed guest of honor on this episode mr barker himself going back Bye, to the- barker there you go one of my favorite clips one of my favorite movies of all time one of my favorite movies of all time, Billy Madison, and The Price is Wrong. Full details available on last week's episode. Again, available in the archives. Too much to get to, not enough time to rehash. Exactly. Not to mention, as I was saying, you thought last week's episode was long. It's going to be like that all month, ladies and gentlemen. Grab a snack. I'm going to say this for the record, since we're on semi still maybe a little bit on the topic of of length disclaimers. Our goal for this episode is 150 minutes. That's two and a half hours. We're going to overbid. That really don't think we're going to meet that goal. No, they do. I'm I'm now now if you would like to go on Twitter. You know, at W2M Network on Twitter, and you would like to bet on whether or not in real time with us, hashtag bet on Bavada, obey all local state gambling laws, 21 means 21, god damn it. But if you would like to go on Twitter or join our Discord in real time and bet on whether or not we can actually meet our goal, you can take the over under. I suggest taking the over. 
My get, I, I'm going to very, very casually optim and optimistically say three hours here, and even I think that is probably low for all we have to get to. With that being said, so this is week two of the deep dive. Next week is week three, and that will be the Drew Carey era of the prices, right? And then week and four. Sadly, it ain't going to be that much shorter, only because half of that episode is going to be us talking about Terry Deese. And then our final version of The Price is Right here on the re-deep dive on Life is Like a Game Show will have us going back towards things that we may have missed on these various shows, a couple odds and ends clip shows, uh, the syndicated versions of The Price is Right that we briefly discussed earlier, as well as your primetime specials and your international editions. And if there's one thing we know on this podcast, it's that Eric and Brian love their internationals. So that will all be on week four of the deep re-deep dive into the prices, right? And then hopefully at that point, we will have felt that we've done enough justice to the show to let it rest for a while and move on. You mean rest in perpetuity? Potentially. <laughs> possibly. I don't see it potentially or possibly about it. I'm flat out saying when we're done with this month, we ain't talking about this goddamn show no more. Although unless, there, it, unless it comes up on a news desk. Or alternatively, we go into one of our holiday clip show specials and we end up going back through more prices right clips on there. All right, Mr. Espinoza, you put this particular format together, so I'm gonna give you the reins more or less here, and then I'm just gonna try to keep us all on topic. The amount of work I do for this I mean, the voice of reason. No, hang on. There's going to be some more news under that regard. I'll explain. Speaking all the of show, we do have a couple of news desk items. Actually, I was just about um, to say. Speaking of news, are we going to do the news desk? Because if we are, then we're definitely hitting the over. Yeah, we're doing the news desk. We're definitely hitting the over. Um, sorry, Eric, not how many sorry, runs folks. Do you think we're going on the over? Well, I mean, if we're talking a par score of 150 here, given our propensity to really hit some good shots the length of the ground and us being able to find the gaps in the cover, we can at least get to 200. I was going to say, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that the news desk is going to produce at least a good 50, 50 run. I hope not. I'm thinking. I mean, I'm looking at a 50-run partnership here on the news desk. There's only two items on the news desk. It shouldn't take that long. Do Let's not get, underestimate. Let's get partnerships. Anyway, as our recording time hits the AM hours, speaking of AM things, segway. You you know what? You know what? I'll let him have that one. I'll actually let him have that one. <laughs> it's not the a.m. yet. It's still 11.44 p.m. Oh, shut up, Mr. Grouchy. <laughs> Two it, to one, he gets the monkey. It was forced. <laughs> and now I don't have to worry about that the rest of the show. I'm appealing that monkey, but let's move forward into the news desk. Brian, our first topic. Um, we, we recently talked about, uh, the fact that Pat Sajak owns a radio station um, a few weeks back. Um, somebody bought Pat Sajak's, uh, DC radio station. 
Well, just that, outside of D.C., specifically well, Annapolis. That, the capital of Maryland. Enough. No, trust me. If being from the DMV area, it's a big difference, especially with the branding of that station, a big difference. Continue. The man is technically correct. The best kind of correct. Well, uh, WNAV, which was owned by <laughs> Pat Sajak, uh, recently uh, was purchased. You know what grinds? You, you, you know what I find curious slash grinds my gears at this one? If the four of us pitched in, we could own a radio station. We could. We could have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guess the... how much the radio station sold for. I actually know the answer to this, so I'm going to recuse myself. But the three of you could have pitched in. I'm a broke some bitch. A thousand dollars. I was hoping we we're going to play some one bit. Well, no. I mean, he already knew. I already. We knew. already knew because it's been sitting in the. We we forgot to cover it last week. It's been sitting in the news desk for a while, so yeah, sorry, not 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 a thing this week, or at least not with that. Um, but yeah, no, it sold for a thousand dollars, and Sajak also is obligated to pay up to one hundred thousand dollars to have the building moved. Uh, because the reason, part of the reason why the station was up for sale is because the land that it's sitting on is getting demolished or was bought or development or something to that effect. I'm going to say that he's probably not having the building move. They're probably just say Jack's probably liable to cover the construction of a new station. No, they're having the building moved. They're literally forklifting the building somewhere else. They're not forklifting like the the, the brick and mortar structure of the building, but everything else in it, and the re and the the transmitter relay that's right next to the building. Yeah, that is, that is one hell of a U-Haul. It's been done before. Oh no, it's been done before. Yeah, it's it's it definitely takes some specialty uh, some specialty shit. But yeah, no, it's uh, it could be done. This is what you saw me throw earlier. Ah, you were not throwing a flag on the plate. I mean, well, I might... it could definitely be done. That's for sure. I uh, might. But be yeah, no, um, thousand dollars for the station, and Sajak has to put up up to a hundred thousand to move it because it is being sold to nearby developers. Okay, let's let me ask a quick question here. Now, honestly, in this day and age, how how important is terrestrial radio, though? Still significantly hey, I important. Mean, yeah, I was going to say it's significantly important, but we're also talking AM here. Not to, so yeah, and a you very have to you kind of have to figure that in. I think you have to figure that in a, a little bit to to the discussion. Not only are we talking AM, we're talking a really low frequency AM station as well. At that. Uh, 1430 on the AM dial is really not that bad for, uh, uh, an AM station. Actually, that's high. The max is like 1610. And with a it's AM is the opposite of FM. The higher the number, the better. Oh, okay. And besides the 
So I say AM, yeah, there's only one AM station I know by heart being a former New York. That's AM 660 WFAN, the fan out of New York, where you get some local sports action. Formerly, Formerly 66 WNBC, home of Howard Stern in the 80s. Eric would know the Howard Stern channel. Obviously. Also, gentlemen, you were talking about a flag on the play. I have the flag to be thrown on the play. However, okay. I will quickly interrupt as the umpire from the decision review system is in my ear. The appeal, the monkey is upheld. It stands. We move forward. <laughs> Please do not ask me why I have actual legitimate looking football flags. The very, very short answer is I won a party pack from work for the Super Bowl that arrived three weeks late. Thank you, Amazon. News desk item number two, Mr. Espinoza. Um, well, hold on. I ain't done yet. What else is there to discuss about the radio station? Other um, than the branding with the Naval Academy? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, they're, they're going to slightly rebrand uh, and focus more on the Naval Academy branding, uh, which fits its name. Uh, so the guy quick, who purchased it quick question. is actually... Sorry, just it ties into this. I do apologize for interrupting. Um, so does this mean it's going to like carry like football and basketball for the Naval Academy? Okay, well then that makes sense in the Annapolis area. Yeah. area. Okay, that's kind of what they're rebrand. They're kind of slightly rebranding toward. I could buy that as legitimate then. Um, they're going all in on Navy. They're going to get new station IG uh, jingles that end with "Go Navy." Um, but the guy that bought the station uh, is a neighboring stations production director uh wtop a very popular dc based radio station one of the more well-known ones wtop for dc news and such very um, good traffic <laughs> but yeah uh their program director or production director um is who bought the station uh him and a uh WNAV station veteran uh, by the name of Frank Brady, uh, who's going to handle the uh, the business end of things, ad sales, you know, marketing, etc. I see what is going on in the chat, and I would like to remind you that this is available. I'm going to go ahead and just move on to our second news story. Uh, our second news story. Uh, our Put news the box is... away. <laughs> Eric's laughing because he knows what's coming next. <laughs> Put the box away, to quote Harry. Who will not be seen tonight? <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay, flag on the play. Yeah, on both of y'all. Now let's continue the goddamn news desk so we can try to get this done inside of three hours. <laughs> Illegal use of oatmeal cream pie. <laughs> Delay of podcast. Unprofessional people say. I don't know whatever would give them that idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, oh. All right, time to get serious. 
It's good. More on it later, but it's good. I don't get it. No, contestant on the show. Can 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 we get smart instead? No. Ah man, come on! That was my best one tonight. Part of me wanted to, but I faced home too hard. I I appreciate that, Jonathan. Thank you. Go ahead. Continue, oh, Brian. I'm sad now. I'm actually sad. That was going to be my best one this week. Um, oh, Pat Sajak, trust me. Pat Sajak uh, may be getting sacked earlier than his uh, contract uh, runs through. Go on. Oh, really? sits there and, or is it the entire rest of the cast sits there and looks at me like, Nani the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, there are some rumors going on on the set of Wheel of Fortune right now uh, that uh, primarily based on the way Pat Sajek has been treating contestants lately. Um. um and, and having been in the news for his behavior, which has included mocking and scolding contestants. Um, He's done that his who, entire career. Who would they have take over the host? A former let's, contestant let, on Price is Right? Uh, yes, actually. Vanna White is the number one front runner. Um, hence the get serious, which apparently the only person who got that was John. I got it. I just didn't think it was monkey worthy. I didn't get it. When Vanuat was on the show in 1990, I wore a shirt that said, get serious. Yeah. We're going to roll the clip anyway, so I'm not even worried about it. I, I um, Respectfully, I remember Vanna more from Playboy than Price is Right. Carry on. Yeah, so <laughs> okay. Here's front here's... runner, front runner for for replacing Sajak if he gets shit canned before 2024. Here's um, my is Vanna White. Uh, the producers really like uh, how she handled the show when Sajak had to go under emergency surgery recently. Um. There's no confirmation that Sajak's leaving the show, right? Yeah. This is 100% rumor mill. But, um, I mean, he's divesting himself, as we talked about. Pre I know you got something to say, Harry. I'm getting my thought. I'm finishing my thought before I lose it. Um, God damn it. He lost it. <laughs> I think he lost it. Flag <laughs> on the play, illegal interruption of podcast news desk. Uh, Sajak... The one under the knife, uh, the general belief is this is rumor and speculation. There's no actual confirmation. Continue from there. That's that's what I said. I said this is just. And I was trying to ref I was trying to refresh your memory. His it's memory oh. doesn't refresh like that. It's different. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, There's no F5 key on Brian's memory, sadly. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, so Sajak is uh, divesting himself of all of his um, media assets, if you will. Right. He's selling his radio station. Um, so there's there's significant rumor mill going around that Sajak is probably going to retire 
and not re-sign in 2024, right? Can I ask an actual question here? And you might have to take the time to look this up on Wikipedia, the non-credible academic resource of this show. How old is Pat Sajak? Oh, God, he's up there. He's got to be 70s, right? He's like I'm 76, good. I think. I was going to say 75. Probably. Yep, square in the middle. Because I was going to say so that's not towards 80. That's not really a surprise that he's he's pondering retirement. Here's my thing. Having uh, now hosted the show currently for 41 years. Here's here's my problem about this whole speculation about Sajak treating the contestants with a lack of respect, a lack of cooth, whatever you want to call it. When hasn't Pat been condescending to idiot contestants? Harry, 2022. Oh, so on top of that. Wait, wait, wait. Um, nope, 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 no, 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 no. Hold, hold on, because I see where this is going, and I'm going to nip it in the bud before it gets there. Are we cancel culturing Pat Sajak? Because no, we're Pat. not cancel culturing. Okay, okay, okay. Flag, actual flag on the play. Shut up for a minute, because I see where this is going, and I don't like it. One, the times have changed. That is that 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 has to be granted, right? Two, Pat Sajak has never in the history of hosting Wheel of Fortune laid into contestants as much as he has in the past couple of seasons. It is a almost weekly occurrence now where you used to get maybe one or two a season has become a weekly occurrence. Well, then maybe people shouldn't be so damn stupid. Okay, if you're a 75 year old man, are you willing to handle that much stupid? That I think that's part of the appeal of the show, too, to some of the older generation that watches Wheel of Fortune. Because I think they, they shifted away from watching Prices Right when the host changed to 07 more on that later. I, I, I very forced Jonathan. I think the older generations also switched away from wheel because wheel has gone too technologically modern in okay. more recent iterations as well, or seasons as well. I mean, I don't fully, but, I don't fully disagree with that, but, but what I'm, what I'm saying here, and this is like where I'm leaving it and we're going to move on to the actual meat and potatoes of our, of our show. <laughs> Sajak is definitely more abrasive than he has ever been in the entirety of his run of Wheel of Fortune. Combined with the times that we live in, have people at Sony not liking what's going on. I I stand by what I said. I think people are too goddamn sensitive these days. I think Sony might be overly cautious the, in trying to prevent another dick of the week scenario. The views and opinions to talk about tonight as well. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that asshole later in the show. I assure you. Um, the views and opinions of Harry Broadhurst are solely his and do not necessarily reflect the W2M network. I will say that much. That being said, when it comes to Sajak, Sajak is an American institution at Wheel of Fortune. Sajak should be allowed to be there as long as he chooses to be there. But again, this is what I'm saying, right? Even even if he doesn't get sacked, he's probably not going to last beyond the next two and seasons. That, and yeah. if they and if they end up going to a mutual decision to not renew his contract, that's one thing. Getting rid of him early would be a disservice to his run on the show. 
them getting rid of him early to if a they point. so so he, yeah uh, here's the thing right i don't think we're going to see something as drastic as a Vince McMahon, you're fired. No. Um, hold on. There's probably somebody on a game show that got let go mid-run that he's trying to think of, and the name isn't coming to him. Yes, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. We are not to, and yes, I'm going to violate my own rule about this, and I'm making a very damn good point in doing so. Mm-hmm. We do not have a Jackie Gleason you're in the picture scenario here. Ugh, how dare you? But I understand, but how dare you? No, we are it is it is it is not to the point where Sajak has to be removed immediately without discourse or recourse. But his his behavior is at the point where I could see them going to him at the end of this current season as to not interrupt things midway and say, hey, look, we don't like the direction you're taking the show right now. We're early terminating your contract. Can and I- this is exactly what I was going to say. They're like, look, you'll still get everything. Consider this an early retirement. Can I, and I, would, I would not be surprised... If, if especially if this is indeed true that these are rumoring that this is this is murmuring coming from on the wheel of fortune set that somebody at Sony has sat down with Pat and said look cool your fucking jets all right so DBAD I get okay I understand that uh, and I don't disagree um here's my thought process though what happens to his family that's still involved with the show, specifically his daughter who works as a social media coordinator? And this is a conversation for another time because we're getting so far away from from the Wheel of Fortune topic. More on again. this on the Wheel Deep Dive? <coughs> Don't die on us. Brian dying on air is a W2M Network exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you don't choose Vanna White as the replacement host, what do you do? Do you go back and hire Chuck Woolery again? <laughs> Expected oh, reaction was expected, by the way. I, I can, I can so, take it. <clears throat> while I'm trying to not choke on my, my dinner. Real again. quick, while you recover, I can take it a step further than he just did. No, you just bring back Bob Gowen instead. Ralph Benerska? I'm surprised he knew that. Mm-hmm. I picked. You get a well played. Yeah, well, well played. First of all, thank you. I, I've been watching daytime Wheel of Fortune episodes on YouTube lately. Um, <laughs> no the the current rumor mill, like you know, Vegas bookie odds kind of thing. Bet on Bavada. Go ahead. Hashtag bet on Bavada. Here we go again. <clears throat> Hashtag bet on Bavada. Twenty one means twenty one. Goddamn. God damn it! Gambling laws. Thank you, Harry, for an actual emphasized. God damn it! Because my throat wasn't going to do it. You're welcome. I just Continue. half inhaled a jalapeno popper. Yeah, we and then we saw choked. you almost croak on air, like we talked about. Yeah. Um, one of the major possibilities that could happen with the Sajak shit canning. Because I'm sorry, I have to keep rhyming that because it just sounds right. 
alliterating, but we get. I was about to say yeah. Brian is in an alliteration mood tonight. Thank you, Eric. Um. Yeah, if with 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 the Sajak sacking, um, the thing that the 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 top option that's out there seems to be Vanna takes over and Sajak's daughter takes over for Vanna. And I was actually about to say that, and I, I don't think it would necessarily but be a bad thing because Sajak's daughter. Would, I don't think it would be a bad. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, I do want to say this real quick because I, I kind of know what what John's going to say because we talked about it slightly off air. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing, but also I'm going to circle back around to the it's 2022 comment. It's finally time to get rid of the last bastion vestige of hot female show off person. Automate the damn board and automate the board. Vanna could do the damn thing solo if she wanted to. I mean, technically she did. That's how the uh, that's how the you video really game think, You really think the guy in the whoever they had playing in the Mickey Mouse and the Minnie Mouse costume that week when she was doing the fill-ins for for Pat that one episode was actually walking up and actuating the puzzle board in that costume? Hell no! They just walked over there, did the motions, and somebody in the control room hit the button. Because ever since they went to those digital screens, the producers backstage can control the puzzle board the same way Vanna can. Well, my other thought to that would be is, if you recall the old video game for like the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis, they had the uh, they had Vanna as the hostess and then the puzzles by themselves as well. Like Vanna wasn't even shown over by the puzzle board when they did the puzzles on the Super Nintendo version. Yeah, so what's something that like isn't that, common? That isn't com that isn't uncommon for some game shows though not to do all. that because well, it would on the cost them more to pay the host to sit in a vo in a in a VO booth doing all these lines than it is to get the hostess or the announcer to do it. Hell, that's why we have a price is right DVD game hosted entirely by Rich Fields. Well, I will say to that that the Xbox 360 version of Wheel of Fortune is hosted by Pat Sajak, and Vanna does turn the letters. Xbox, Microsoft, money, yada, yada, they could afford it. All right, so does that officially take us out of the news desk, Mr. Espinosa? Uh, not yet. I'm, I'm having a flag thrown at me and being told to hold on a moment. Oh snap! The original he the receipts. The original Nintendo cartridges. He brought the receipts. I have. I I played on the Super Nintendo version. We have a I very have... sizable classic game show, or sorry, classic console game show game collection. I was about to say, why don't y'all mute your mic? Thank you. Both um, made by Game Tech. Well, yeah, and Tech I was the one who did a lot of them game show knockoffs in that time frame. I think they did Family Feud back then, too. But th what I was about to say was I could go back and grab that one, too. Yes. Hey, interrupting Harry Broadhurst is a W2M Network gimmick exclusive. You know, this doesn't happen on BWSR is all I'm going to say. Well, I mean, there's only the two of us. And you can see that in action Thursday nights here on the W2M Network. 
cheap plug is cheap. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> All right. I always play the uh, the old school games on like an emulator just because I don't have the time nor the space to keep a uh, like the old school system set up there. But it, it, when I used to go back and I would play the old ones there, it was it was weird to me that Vanna was more or less featured on all of them and Pat was like nowhere to be found. But the explanation does make sense that it's probably cheaper to pay Vanna's rates in order to get her to narrate those games than it would be to get Pat to narrate the games himself. It's also possible that they work it into um they worked it into vanna's contract where she got a little bit of the extra- has, well no where she has to do it like she doesn't even get extra pay for it or maybe they pay her like half of what a regular rate would be or something like that but they work it into their they work it into her contract where she's required to 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 foot the bill if you will uh on on doing the 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 video game stuff so that sajak doesn't have to all right, we're officially at the 41 run mark. I think we're going to call it a wrap here at the news desk. Yeah, if you if you for those of you playing along at the home game, if you went for the over bet on the news desk, congratulations. You win points. A thousand points for you. Just remember though, folks, if you may, Eric. Go ahead. Okay, I, I got to get it back. Oh, and just remember, folks, the points are made up and they don't matter. Hashtag bet on Bovada. <laughs> That's right. It's like another Drew Carey show. More on that next week. It, it felt timely given the fact that we're talking about the price is right. All right, Brian, you have a mother fudger of a, of, of a format in front of us here. Folks, I am not kidding when I say if I were to print this thing out, it would probably be a good full page long. This is... I so, think my I think my exact I, I I think my exact quote when I first saw this when I first saw this agenda was Jesus what a long fucking show this is going to be no uh, your exact said, words yeah your exact words were good grief that's a long fucking show yeah something along those lines I knew it was close I mean I got right. the receipts I'll pull them up on the screen like the point I can't do that yeah uh, anyways uh, yeah, I would so, recommend not um, doing that. That's that's our private Discord server for us to talk about the planning for the show. So let's go ahead and get back to the actual show itself. Here. I call the orders of the day on this agenda. Flag flag on the oh oh shit oh shit parliamentary procedure being invoked. Thank God. Oh damn, um, haven't dealt with that in a while. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. It's time to actually get to the deep dive portion, part two, for the precious right, the Bob Barker era. Mr. Nielsen, the uh, non-credible academic source for one Mr. Robert Barker, please. Oh, I was not ready on that page. Give me a moment. <laughs> Do oh. right click, open a new tab. Okay, while, while he does that, let's go ahead. Oh, and- I already got it. I'm that good. I got a master's degree. Well, I research out. shit on a regular basis. He ain't lying. Robert, he's lying really fucking fast. That's two interruptions now. Robert William Barker. Born born December. I'm just going to say four because I like seeing his flustered, pissed off face. December 12th, 1923 is American retired game show host known for hosting the CBS's Price Right from 1972 to 2007, making it the longest running daytime show in North American television history. Slow also known for truth or down. 56 to 75. 
slow down. Bob hosted Price for 35 years, yes. longest reigning daytime game show in North American history. Okay, not that slow, but a little bit slower than where you were at, please. Born in Darrington, Washington, modest circumstances, enlisted in the U.S. Navy, connection to earlier conversations during World War II, working part-time in radio while attending college, moved to California in 50 to pursue a broadcasting career, had his own radio show, The Bob Barker Show, ran for six years, beginning game shows in 56 with Truth or Consequences. Subsequently hosting various game shows, including Miss Universe, Miss USA pageants, 67 to 87. Longest serving host of these pageants. Price is right. Flag on the play. Sorry, but this is an actual flag on the play real quick. Go ahead and bring this all full screen here. Uh, Agree or disagree, beauty pageants, not really a game show, right? Yeah, but I mean, we are. You're muted. Try that again. I was going to say, if somebody would unmute me. There you go. Now. Um, I mean, we're talking about the, the actual like history of Bob Barker, right? It's very difficult to talk about the run of Bob Barker on The Price is Right without at least giving a mention to what he did before the price is right. Oh, no, no, I, I don't particularly truth and consequences. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying that I'm not sure the, I'm not sure how the relevance, like according to the non-credible academic, I, 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 I queued him up for non-credible academic. I am, I am aware he of is it. reading because I have the page up as well. He is reading the non-academic credible resource. All I don't verbatim. I do not disagree with that, and we will link to the non-credible academic resource in our show description, Mr. Watkins. I mean, do they really have to? You type in Bob Barker it's the, into Google. It's the first freaking... And if I may, illustrating the man did not just do game shows. Okay. that See, now that would have been a, that would have been a good enough answer for me. Continue, Mr. Nelson. But me getting interrupted is apparently a W2M network exclusive. It's a lilacs tradition, sir. At this point, it definitely is, yes. And you wonder why I'm only on one show on this network. Anywho, <laughs> when his wife Dorothy Jill passed away of lung cancer in 81 at age 57, that is when he became an advocate for animal rights and animal rights activism, supporting groups such as United Activists for Animal Rights and the Sea Shepherd Conservation Society. And we retired in 2007, celebrating 50 years on television, 35 of which on The Price is Right. Man has a bachelor's degree from Drury University. And that pretty much handles everything outside of one interesting fact. Spent most of his youth on the Rosebud Indian Reservation in Mission, South Dakota. Enlisted in the U.S. Indian Census Rolls as an enrolled member of the Sioux Tribe. Hmm. Today I learned. (laughs) The more you know. 
Sometimes yeah, life is like a game show. You're both muted now. I have to be careful to mute myself to avoid the reverbs. I can't unmute him even though I'm trying, so... Yeah, somebody needs to tell Brian... Unmute this, this man! <laughs> okay, can I can I just take play a second... Can I take a second and ask why the hell were you dancing? Uh, uh, inside baseball is inside. And baseball. Which we'll also words. be talking about Thursdays. So I, I got, got two words. words. Oh, the degrees in economics. Go ahead. Hit me! <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to hit you. I have no bottle over here. Back on topic, please. He was flagged. He was trying to hit me with the bottle. Illegal flagging. Anyways. Um, what was I going to say? As oh, yeah, no. Bob Barker is a... Yes, Bob Barker uh, is one-eighth Sue. Interesting fact. Um, and yes, you mentioned the degree in economics. You did not mention the fact that it is actually a summa cum laude degree in economics. I'm sorry. It's, that's, that's impressive. It's an accomplishment in its own right. It is. I'm not going to discount something like that. I mean, I don't think any of us here are going to question the intelligence of Mr. Barker. Um, But yeah, no, he was in radio. He got a break to do Truth or Consequences at the dawn of television. Uh, did the show from 56 to 75. So um, I have, I have, and thus for three years was doing double duty. I have to be honest with you guys. I don't know that I've ever seen an episode of Truth or Consequences. You're not missing that much. Yeah, you've seen one, you've seen them all. Give me a give me a game show comparison for it. Panel show meets vaudeville. Yeah, I think that's a that's that's pretty that's that's decent. So similar to like a gong show, kind of. I don't know if I go that far. Proto gong show. I don't know. You, if you go tell the truth, you face the consequences, and consequences usually fall in the gong show esque kind of ish. Very well. All right, go ahead, Mr. Espinoza. Unmute yourself, and the floor is yours again. Um, Bob Barker has uh, interesting fact. Uh, his animal rights activism that you see on the show, um, we are not parodying it this week. Um, so, you know, keep, have your have your pet spayed and neutered, unlike your bracket producers. There, I Save. just contradicted myself. Got that out way early. Save that for Sunday on point of viewer. Oh no, there will be some 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 will be had. There'll be some spaying and neutering on Sunday for sure. I, I will once I will once again remind Randy to try Jesus because I throw hands. Um Barker has been a vegetarian for over three decades. Um this may be slightly out of date, but yeah. He's been a vegetarian for a long time. Um, he started the um, 
the 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 now infamous catchphrase of his in '82. Uh, in '87, uh, while he was still doing the Miss USA thing, he asked them to remove furs from the Miss USA pageant, and when they didn't, he famously stepped down as host. There's your connection, Harry. Um, in '89, he, uh, him, and United Activists for Animal Rights. Uh, publicly accused several media p- projects in the American Humane Association um, for animal mistreatment, which led to him to being on the receiving end of a $10 million libel and slander lawsuit. Um, in 1994, uh, contrary to popular belief that he did it right after his beloved wife, Dorothy Joe's death, uh, he founded the DJ&T Foundation. Uh, named after his late wife and mother, uh, which has contributed millions of dollars for animal neutering programs and funded animal rescue and park facilities all over the country. Um, huh. In the 70s, he also hosted the Pillsbury Bake Off. And... Weirdly, but famously enough, he was actually he actually was in a very long time feud. Uh, I'm not even sure if the, they ever even made up uh, with uh, Betty White. But I don't think they he did. was in a celebrity feud with Betty White. Um, Barker threatened to not attend the 2009 Game Show Awards where he was scheduled to receive a Lifetime Achievement Award because Betty White would be attending and speaking. Um, He previously worked with White, but he was feuding with her over the treatment of an elephant at the L.A. Zoo. Uh, White instead opted to not attend uh, and pre-recorded her comments that she was scheduled to make about, ironically, another awardee, Mark Goodson. I'm confused as to why two of the most beloved game show personalities ever don't like each other. I understand. And animal activists at that. I understand the elephant thing, but now I'm going to have to look more into this once we're off air. We will have not- to investigate this elephant in the room. Um, Bob Barker is not into that joke. You're pushing your luck, Nielsen. We had to play at least one this week because we're talking about Bob Barker as a quota system not, here. Not to mention that was technically giving unanimity for the fail, so it was appropriate. Um, as we know, Bob Barker hosted a special guest episode of Raw, WWE Raw. The price is raw. September 7th. 2009, I do believe, is the official date. Well played, sir. Give that man a monkey. I mean, again, no, 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 no. The man is the host of the Indie Siders with Mark Radulich, which airs on the W2M network. So this is in his wheelhouse. I'll take the show plug instead. Thanks, Eric. Continue, Brian. (laughs) Um... That's pretty much it. I mean, I don't really see any other. I mean, um, 
He got a Lifetime Achievement Award at the 95 Daytime Emmy Awards. He is a nineteen time winner. I was gonna say out of forty three nominations, nineteen time winner of the Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Game Show Host as the host of The Price Is Right from twenty three nominations. He is a four time winner of the Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Game Show as executive producer of The Price Is Right from nineteen nominations. And he has one nomination for Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Special Class Program as the co-host of the 85 CBS Tournament of Roses Parade. Tournament of Roses, of course, most specifically associated with Pasadena, California and the Rose Bowl. Um, Studio 33, now commonly referred to as Bob Barker Studio. Uh, at CBS Television City, named in his honor. And I believe we have a clip for that. Yeah. Um, this is why I said about the numbering system. Please hold. Well, it's basically like your traditional open. While well, Eric looks for it, it's basically your current traditional opening that you hear with the Drew Carey era of The Price is Right. From the Bob oh, Barker. No, we have a clip of when they actually dedicated the. Oh, okay. I thought it was okay. It's not in the Discord. Let me find it real quick because I swear I thought I threw it in there. I okay. Well, well, while they look, while they look for that, let me explain to everybody what's going to happen here. He's going to show you the actual naming, but you hear it every time you watch an episode of The Price Is Right now. Well, uh, live from the Bob Barker Studios, CBS yes, Television City, City in Hollywood, California. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, from that point onward, yeah, that's exactly what they did. Is it was. Announced oh, the Bob Barker studio. Speaking of the elephant, on September 16th, 1999, Barker was in D.C. to testify before Congress regarding captive elephants. Vis-a-vis proposed legislation that would ban elephants from traveling shows such as circuses. While preparing for the presentation, getting into Barker's health over the years, experienced what he called clumsiness's right hand, he was admitted to George Washington University Hospital, diagnosed with a partially blocked left carotid artery. Carotid? Carotid artery. Words. I teach math, not anatomy. Mama Blackens is a long time. Went well enough to return to work in the next month. Um, stroke in 02, hospitalized six weeks later. July of 02, prostate surgery. Couple mild bouts of skin cancer, tripped and fell on a sidewalk. Okay, in late 15. Allow me to and outside of a fall in 17, he has been perfectly healthy since. And we are not going to lose Bob Barker anytime soon. Knock on wood. And okay. uh, a thanks for jinxing Bob Barker, appreciate it. There's a clip. At, look, I'm knocking. On seven feet of pure maple oak wood countertop desk, okay? You B. can go shove it up your ass about jinxing people. Oh, okay, so, so it's much better than so it's much better than durability than Craig Ferguson's desk. B, there is a link in the thing before we get so far off topic that it's no longer relevant. And see, as I pull that up, and I was going to say, yes, you teach math. Mama Watkins, 
longtime registered nurse who happened to work at George Washington Hospital. That's how I know. Play the clip. Yes, I'm loading. It's taking a minute. My computer has been acting funny. So as you were saying with part B while you're sitting there in your kind of resoluteness. I was just I was giving in to the fact that I wasn't gonna get this part out. Um respectfully, Mr. Nielsen, no such thing as a mild case of cancer. Quoting the source. Well, somebody but, needs to yeah. unquote the source there, because that's mild not- skin cancer, yeah. That's like melanoma, right, Eric? I, I, I could, I could argue yeah. that skin cancer can be considered a light form of cancer, but that's about it. Yeah, just the, like how they have with the uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, as as it was described. If you're gonna get cancer, that's the kind that you should get. So yes, melanoma, right in those regards. Okay, as as your computer cooperating at this particular point now? It, it finally is. I'm getting to that point. All right, so while he does that there, there you go, folks. Um, this right here is the official dedication of the stu- Studio 33 that Mr. Espinosa mentioned earlier on in the show for our audio listeners. It's from a full episode, so you'll figure yeah, out if we were to cut off. Well, it, yeah, well, it was timed, so at least got the start of it. April 7th, 98. The day after their 5,000th episode. So, episode 5,001? At least if I remember correctly, it was the day after the 5,000th episode. Wonderful love. Thank you. Thank you. Now, as many of you know, yesterday our 5,000th show was on the air. And Lucy Johnson, who is Senior Vice President of Daytime and Children's Programming here at CBS, was on the show and announced that in the future, Studio 33, in which we've done all 5,000 of our shows, will be known as Bob Barker Studio. Yes. And, And after, thank you. Thank you very much. And after the show, CBS had a dedication ceremony and placed a plaque on the wall out at the entrance of our studio. And we thought that as loyal friends of The Price is Right, you'd like to see that plaque. And here it is. Now, Rod, will you read the plaque for us, please? All right. It says, Bob Barker Studio, March 11th, 1998, 5,000th episode. CBS dedicates Studio 33 to Bob Barker, Mark Goodson Productions, staff, cast, and crew of The Price is Right, an acknowledgement of their continuing excellence in daytime programming. Congratulations, Bob. Now, all of us associated with Price is Right are most grateful to Lucy Johnson and all our friends at CBS. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And now, here is the first item. Uh, He wasn't as grateful as you think he was, and we're getting to that later. Later in the show. Wait, just wait, wait, wait.
Um, more on that later. Continuing on uh, Bob Barker's list of honors and accolades, uh, he is part of the 2004 class of the Television Hall of Fame. He has been voted Time Magazine's greatest game show host of all time. Uh, as the host of The Price is Right, uh, he has been voted the W2M Network's greatest game show of all time. In 2007, TV guy named Price is Right, the greatest game show of all time as well. For for Just as a heads up, I don't, I don't know if we've ever officially talked about this off air or not, but we did talk about it when we were doing the tournament. The next tournament that uh, Life is Like a Game Show has planned is greatest game show host of all time. Do your worst, Randy. That'll Whoa. probably be the winter season this year. Do not tempt that man. I was going to say, don't tempt that man, because he'll nominate Jackie Gleason on pure principle. And he'll be voted on the first round, as he should. No respect. That's Rodney Dangerfield. I was just about to say, he's the Rodney Dangerfield of game show hosts. Um... He was voted into the National Association of Broadcasters, the NAB, Broadcasting Hall of Fame, class of 2008. He got a Game Show Network Lifetime Achievement Award. We got a Harry Broadhurst is now going to continue to be seen tonight. Um, and last but not least, he got a 2009 WWE Slammy Award for Best Guest Host. And I will send it over to our expert resident on all matters wrestling, Mr. Broadhurst, to tell the folks what a Slammy is. Okay, so a Slammy is kind of like the wrestling version of an Emmy. It's like the wrestling version of an Oscar. It's a year-end award that the WWE had done, at least on a somewhat regular basis, dating all the way back to the mid-90s. And even as far back as a couple of one-offs during the 80s, where they recognized excellence throughout the course of the year in professional wrestling. The guest host era was a thing in like 2007, 2008, 2009. And Barker was recognized as the best guest host of the 2009 year with the anonymous raw general manager in that era. That episode of the Slammies is also available on Peacock, which is where you can watch, um, you can watch some old game shows on Peacock as well on their premium streaming service. We're we getting to streaming services and stuff like that. More on that later. We can't be bought, but we can damn sure be rented. Um, so moving on, uh, let's talk about the show's history, shall we? At least within the Barker era. Um, because uh, is that a cue for another non-academic credible source? Yes. So mute yourself. I'm going to be tossing it to you in a moment. So don't get your panties in a bunch. He's he's got to tee you up for it. CYT over there, Nielsen. Go ahead, Brian. Um, as you may or may not be aware, um, the series was revived uh, in '72 by Goodson Todman. Um, we need to make a note. We need to do an episode specifically about Goodson and Todman at some point. We can do that. That's a lot to cover there, specifically about Goodson and Todman themselves. Uh, allow me to um, give, allow me to give everybody a quick primer. If you want to know more, watch Buzzer Network. It's pretty much nothing but Goodson and Todman shows. True story. I'll get to that in a moment. Dun dun dun. 
Um, yeah, so Goodson Todman, and then it changed hands over the years. But uh, to, to get to that, I will go ahead and send it over to the master of the non-academic credible resource, Mr. Dielsen. Please give us a brief history of the show, sir. Yeah, because after Goodson Todman, eventually it was bought up by Endemol, I mean Fremantle. Oops. <laughs> I'm I'm throwing a timeout on the play here. Just remember, we're focusing solely on the shows. And, and first of all, what he is mentioning is in is correct. It's in the show description. We are going to talk about that this evening. Price well, is I, right is owned by or prices might became owned by Fremantle. And but the ownership is, changed while Parker was still host, even though the credits don't recognize that's that. not what I was going to say. What I was going to say is just make sure you focus on listing the show's history during the Barker era, Barker era specifically here. Well, there was there hasn't been any change since Carrie took over. Oh, well, in that case, carry on. <laughs> carry on. <laughs> so next week to both of you. So before I was interrupted, which is a W two O network exclusive, September fourth. 1972, and here we are over 9,000 episodes later. What? 9,000? Episode 9,000, October 10th, 2019. More on that next week. So we start off with Did you see Mark Bresler. I've been interrupted. Go ahead. Bring us all full on. No, leave him full screen here. I just... Did you seriously just throw a Dragon Ball Z reference? Why? <laughs> muted. And he's muted as he says this. I could. This is the only time in the entire history of this podcast I will ever be able to do that. Should have stayed on the cutting room floor. Continue. He's not wrong. I approve of it. I will wave the monkey, though. So, announcers, Ben. The announcers Brian already mentioned earlier. I'm actually going to skip over that in the interest of time because he is going to be one of those shows. Look, I'm, you know, you know, okay, your job is to talk about Goodson Todman, All American Television, Pearson, RTA, Fremantle, etc. Are you just going to pull a You talked way too fast on that, didn't you? A word you said. Check your show format, and you'll know exactly where you're at. Oh, hey, I actually, have to use, I actually got two monitors to do that. We're, We're talking, talking about the production companies. Ah! Oh, you want me to go into the monster that is Goods and Todman Productions, which pretty much is every hit game show as a production company of Price is Right from 1972 until 84, when Goods and Todman just became Mark Goodson Productions, who took her from 84 to 2007, when Fremantle officially entered the credits at that point. That is what you wanted me to say? Cool, because I said it. You've got some, some other personalities here as well. If, if I, I get it into the crew. No. Backing up. God, am I literally the only person that knows about the actual production company history of the prices? I was pulling up clips while I was between classes at work. 
I could not exactly write a script in a classroom where I could have a student walk in any given second. Mark Goodson Productions was the sole controller of The Price is Right until 1997. Mark Goodson passed away. 50% of it went to his estate, which was controlled by a company called All American Television. In 1997, the stake that All American Television controlled was bought out by a company that should be familiarly, uh, that, whose name should be familiar to you over there, Mr. Nielsen, being of academia, Pearson Television. Not to be confused, the Pearson Education is a completely different entity to quote Gilbert Godfrey, you fool! Um, actually, no, not a completely different company, just different branches of the same parent. I still quote Gilbert Godfrey, you fool! Um... Pearson held the rights to it in 2002 when they became RTL Group. And RTL Group, uh, uh, they sold it to RTL Group, and RTL Group eventually became or folded into what we now know as Fremantle Media. But throughout the entire show's legacy, in honor of Goodson and Todd and all those individuals, the credits still read a Mark Goodson television production throughout all that all-American Pearson RTL era. I have a question. Yes, there was a special agreement reached when Pearson bought the rights in 97 with the other half of Mark Goodson's estate to be able to continue to use the Mark Goodson television production's name and logo at the end of Price is Right. That only stopped after Drew Carey took over. The very last episode of Bob Barker on, on air was also the very last time that The Price is Right was branded as a Goodson Todd, as a not Goodson Toddman, but a Mark Goodson television production. After that, there was no anything. It was just the Fremantle logo at the very end of the show. Which is why I knew nothing about Which, all American Pearson RTL, etc. Which, if you go back and look at old, like, recorded straight from broadcast VCR tape recordings on YouTube of Price is Right episodes from, you know, the Pearson era, you actually will see the Mark, you will see the Mark Goodson thing. You will hear Rod Roddy do the Mark Goodson spiel. But at the end of that, you actually see the Pearson logo, which is the same one as the Pearson Education, I might add, at least for that time show up on the screen, much like you see with the Fremantle logo now. Harry, you chimed in for a second? I did. I ha This isn't worthy of a Chiron. Don't don't put the Chiron up for this, because this is, this is a general education question that I have to ask here, because me and Eric were just talking about this in our private chat, and neither of us knew the answer. So I go to the, I go to the two game show historians here. Uh, Goodson Todman becoming Mark Goodson Television Productions. Falling out or, or buyout? I believe it was a death of Todman. Bill Todman passed away, correct. If I remember correctly. Because I, I, I literally... There was a, a understanding that... Um, 
Bill Todman Jr., July 31st, 1916, till July 28th, 29th, 1979. Uh, we don't need to yes. see your messenger on screen. All right. Well, Eric. I was just going to show that I asked Eric that exact question. Was there a falling yeah. out or did Bill Todman die? Uh, Goodson, or, uh, Todman died on July 29th, 79. Uh, Goodson Todman game shows that were running at the time continue to be billed as a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. In the early 80s, Goodson acquired the Todman Ayers' share of the company. Okay. And the very first show to simply use the uh, the, the billing of Mark Goodson Television Production was Child's Play in 1982. Which Bill Cullen hosted and appeared on this era of The Price is Right to plug. There's your connection. Hey, look at us bringing this all. Look at us bringing this all full circle and stuff. Now we can go to the crew, Mister Nielsen, with the crew, please. And for, for the love of God, God, if you fuck up Fingers Greco or Roger Dobquits, I will come over there and impart physical violence on you. Dobkowitz? the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend. The image working on it. Okay, thank you. For our audio for our audio only listeners, I'm actually trying to see what this guy looks like because the name doesn't ring familiar to me. The man was always behind the scenes. That's why you're not familiar with the face. But I assure you, they would occasionally pull him up. They would occasionally show staff members on the show, though, like uh, when they were getting ready for the uh, the wheel spin. They would yeah. usually, in the one commercial break right before that first wheel spin, they would show like one of the stagehands getting the contestants ready and lined up in the order that they needed to be in for the spin Strange itself. Here. Eric, I think you're being cued. There's Roger Dobquits, so it's some very nice awards. Roger Dobquits, the man who literally wrote the book on game shows. Because, yes, he wrote a graduate thesis on game and audience participation shows. Looking for the exact title. Looking for the exact title. Why is it not here? Darn you, non-academic credible source. I'm not having this. Yeah, submitted his thesis. Numerous game show production companies in hopes of landing a role at one of them. Ah, there we go. San Francisco State University, 1972. Hmm. I wonder what happened in that year. Yeah. A historical study of primetime network audience participation shows, 1948 to 1968. Man was born July 30th, 1945. Currently age 76, San Francisco, California. 36-year tenure on... The Price is Right. He also worked on some other shows. Family Feud, Double Dare of the CBS Variety. No, not the sloppy kind. Now you see it. Match Game. You know, all around the Goodson Todman brand. Match Game Deep Dive available in the archives at W2Mnet.com. Continue. Creed Double Beach. Dare Deep Dive. Also available in the W2M. Long, long version. No, we've done both. No, we did both versions. Ha-ha! We did? 
I don't yes, remember. Yes, yes, yes. Harry Bonhurst was not seen on both of those episodes. Aha. That would explain why I did not know that we, you guys did that. Start as a member of the production staff, becoming a producer in the year I was born, 1984. Created 18 of the show's pricing games, one of which, Gas Money, debuted after he departed and Drew Carey took over. More on that later. But Drew Carey stated in an interview with Esquire in July of 2008, cue the doggo, get ready to hit that button, because in that interview, Drew Carey insinuated Dobquits was fired by the new executive producer, Mike Richards. This show's official Dick of the Week. In perpetuity. And always the Dick of the Week around here. No, but I, I mean like week this week because, yeah. Yeah, he's actually pertinent to the discussion, unfortunately. Yeah. Also, Dob quits confirmed it. Later, admitting he objected to Richards' hiring. One of the numerous controversial decisions Richards made after arriving, including the firing of Rich Fields, announcer of the show at the time. I Currently, think Dobkowitz works as a freelance consultant for game show producers, giving advice, feedback, strategies on improving shows. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Rich Fields controversy is covered next week here on the Drew Carey era. Correct. In the interests of time. In the yes. interest of time. In the interest of unmuting him. And I, I heard him. And the fact that this happened technically during the very first season of the Drew Carey era, it's technically under that banner. Yeah, Rich Fields actually did do one season with Drew Carey. Then you had individuals like Mark Breslow, director throughout CBS, syndicator on a match game, syndicator on a card sharks, classic concentration. Original director of the 72 Crisis, right? Relief's duties due to clashes with Bob Barker in 86. Paul Alter came in to replace him as director. Bresler remained there until 96 under the title of the Creative Consultant. As part of a tenure, one million dollar severance package. We lost Breslow December 1st, 2015, at the age of 90. Next month, plug. I am not the plug man around here. Um, As everybody is muted today. Yeah. I, <laughs> the, the, muting yourself is a W2M network exclusive. Over-talking is bad. Good. Uh, anyways, what I was about to say is one of the things that he just talked about with Breslow, his involvement with Card Sharks. I asked if we covered Card Sharks already because I thought that we had. It turns out that we actually have Card Sharks on the schedule to cover next month here on Life is Like a Game Show. So stay oh, tuned. Yeah, because it is part of that whole game show marathon thing we've been building up to for many a month. So stay tuned for the Card Sharks deep dive coming to you in April here on Life is Like a Game Show. Back to Currently the looking like week two of April. 
So we've got some more executive producers here. We've got Frank Wayne, who uh, passed away while he was still working on the show. I believe he was until 86. He does not have a page on the non-academic credible source. But I did find the mention that Bob Barker did in a post-taped segment. He was actually the first guy out in the lines that would actually choose who the contestants were before that was taken over by others on staff. Jay Wolpert, who we mentioned when we did Hugh, he was a producer on this show. And of course, you got Kathy Fingers Greco. More on her later when Brian comes back and is uh, no longer uh, indisposed, like certain contestants were when they were told to come on down. There have been four, three of them were with the Bob Barker era. Current runtime of the show. 38 to 48 minutes, originally 22 to 26 minutes. More on that change. We get into the show's history and distributed by Fremantle for CBS with Viacom Enterprises. And that is specifically to daytime. Uh, more on the nighttime versions later. Picture format has been NTSC until 2008, which case you have HDMI 1080i. In 2008, with the digitization of television in Everything the United in States. Everything in North America is NTSC. The hell are you mentioning that for? Because I'm being a completionist. That's why. It was monaural sound until, two, until 1987, with the beginning of what I saw always in the bottom at the very beginning of every show, CBS stereo sound. Did you not see it in the intro? 87 to 97. Yes, I did notice it in your intro. Well played. Digital stereo took over in 97 till 13. And now it's 5.1 surround for your listening pleasures. Speaking of listening pleasures, if you like to take your patio cast in an oral fashion, Mr. Watkins, then feel free to listen to us on a variety of podcast platforms. Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox, Overcast, rate and review us five stars on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Pods, Apple Pods, if you name it, we are most likely on it. What the fuck just happened? That was um, six runs. That's what just happened. Oh, uh, that was a mid-roll podcasting plug. That's what happened. Prepare to get used to that, by the way. Again! That's my gift. Anyways. But if you prefer to see what we're talking about, Mr. Broadhurst. See, he would have been better for that because he knows this information better than I do. It Go ahead, Eric. I'll throw it to you. No, because I, I don't have all the full We're currently live, hopefully, on twitch.tv slash W2Mnet. We're on Twitter, W2M Network. We're on Facebook as well, W2M Network. <laughs> Oh, well, that, that was touchy. Come on. Come on. And, and you can definitely find us in the archives and occasionally live on YouTube, W2M Network. The fielder almost had it. Six runs. Well done. It's oh, me. that was looking sketchy on that long boundary there. In, in, a, in, in a related note, you can also find the network on TikTok. Courtesy of Mark Rattledge at W2M Network 2. And um, on Discord, link in the description. I added a question to the uh, show chat that I do need to have with you guys once we're done with the broadcast. But 
getting back to the conversation about the, the, the production staff and everything for the show, um, I think you left out the most important part of the staff there, Mr. Nielsen. Oh, you mean something that has its own dedicated page on the non-academic credible source? The lovely ladies and now I, gentlemen? I do believe it's time to call. I do believe it's time to discuss Barker's Beauties. Um, I'm just gonna listen. We, we we can we can get to the beauty. We can list some names, but there's a lot to talk about with the beauties. I'm just gonna list the names. If people need to interrupt with things, they are welcome. To we will get into. I get interrupted often on this show. We will get into the controversy. Interrupting involved. Jonathan Nielsen is a W two Web Network gimmick exclusive. We will get into the. We will get into the controversies regarding Barker's Beauties a little bit later on in the show. Carry on, Mr. Nielsen. So if you're talking the 56 to 65, because these did not get mentioned there, June Ferguson, Tony Wallace, they were there the entire nine-year run. Some others came in, but they're the primary two. Since 1972, over 25 women have appeared as models on Price Right since the premiere. First three years, you had two, Janice Pennington and Itra Ford. Diane Parkinson joined in 75 after only appearing periodically before that. Ford left in 76. Holly Hallstrom comes in 77. That trio carries us through to 93 as the three main models. December 1990 brings in Kathleen Bradley. Kyle Aletter, hopefully pronouncing that right, daughter of Frank Aletter and Lee Mary Lee Merriweather. That Lee Merriweather, Miss America, nineteen fifty-five, Golden Glo yeah. That Lee Merriweather portraying Catwoman in the Batman movie in sixty-six. Uh, learn something new every day. Part Speaking of Batman, go check out the archives. Radulich just did a podcast talking about the Batman just a few moments ago, ending right before we went live here on the W2M Network. Six runs? Man, we're not, I'm not going to segue out of the park tonight. Lady, ladies and gentlemen, we have two simple words for you watching and listening along at home. Brand Synergy. As much as I want to choke Radulich for hogging up our the, 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 the various stream platforms, preventing us from getting on preventing us from going on on time, we still will plug the shit out of him. Hey, Radulich giving us synergy after we uh, put him through a quiz show. Yeah, we'll take that. Parkinson left in '93 to pursue other interests. Well, more on that in a bit. Well, we had a couple of others through the mid-90s. Good rotating cast. 2000, Pettyton and Bradley were dismissed from the program as attempt to shift things towards a younger demographic. A wrongful termination sued out of court settlement. We brought in Heather Kozar, Claudia Jordan, 02, or, sorry, 01. Sneaking in real quick here on the, on the sure. Claudia on the Claudia Jordan thing, actually, I have, according to the non-credible academic, I actually have a little bit of information for Claudia Jordan, not her only game show. Deal. She, 
or no deal. I'm going to punch him. I swear to God. <laughs> Come down to Florida. You have the opportunity. Look, look, if the man's going to set himself up for it, don't steal the punchline underneath his feet, okay? Stealing punchlines is another W2M network exclusive. He forgets that as the host, I can convince the executive producer to light up that red circle underneath his platform. I know. I'm seeing lights moving around down here, and I'm not feeling very comfortable. You're on thin ice, Nielsen. Continue. Feel like I got one drop zone active under here. <laughs> Cute that you think it's only one. I see one. There are probably others. But as of now, when a whole bunch of contracts expired in 2008 when all the changes were happening, but we've still got Rachel Reynolds, Amber Lancaster, Manuela Arbalez, hopefully pronounced that right, James Helleran, Devin Goda, Alexis. Each episode features two, three models. Sometimes we get one present if there's a guest celebrity appearing, like a Craig Ferguson or something along that nature. But yeah, now it is the Price is Right models, no longer Barker's Beauty. Let's go ahead and go back to everybody here, as there is actually an important thing that he neglected to mention there. Of the current models that are with the show right now, the only one that dates back to the Barker era is Rachel Reynolds. The man is correct. And uh, that is what I threw to you in his example for um, stealing your deal or no deal thunder. Amber Lancaster joined the year after the transition to Carrie in 2008. And I do believe Manuela Arbelez, you did pronounce it correctly, joined the same year that Amber Lancaster did. Lancaster actually has uh, acting credits from a short-lived sitcom on MTV. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it's escaping me right now. There's a nice chart as in the list of models section on the uh, non-academic credible source that gives the, all the details on this one. The Hard Times of R.J. Berger, which was a sitcom that aired on MTV. Okay. Sorry, wasn't a fan. Uh, so, well, speaking of models, I'm going to take this opportunity to segue us. Uh, believe segway. it or not, believe it or not, the announcers of the show did some modeling themselves. Uh, the man is correct. Yes. Uh, so, speaking of announcers and speaking of modeling. Uh, we will get into the very extensive list of announcers, as you have, may have heard. It, oh, excuse me. There, there's dinner. Um, Brian Espino Brian Espinosa nearly dying is AW2M Network exclusive. This is what happens when you think Arby's. <laughs> we didn't do this to you. You did this to you. Let us not cite John Stewart's Arby's rants, please. All right, back to Spinoza. Sorry, he's getting frustrated. Frustrated senior producers will definitely <laughs> be seen tonight. Um, God damn it, I lost my train of thought. Announcers, modeling. Oh yeah, right. Anyways, uh, yeah. So. Um, as you may, if you if you've been tuned in since the beginning of this train wreck of an episode, 
that is currently an hour and 35 minutes long here on the W2M Network, live on various platforms online. Search for W2M Network. Uh, you would have noticed that in our very special introduction for this week, we had a montage of all of the announcers that announced, including some of the fill-ins and uh, auditioners. Yeah, audition auditionees, auditioners. I don't know where I'm going but that. Um, to fill in uh, on the prices right at the beginning of the show there. Needless to say... There was a lot. Um, however, when it came to modeling and announcers, um, certain prizes such as men's watches, suits, and other male-focused accessories uh, were typically modeled by the announcer. Uh, nowadays, not so much because they have the male models. Uh, George Gray will still occasionally... I, I know we're talking about, you know, this is technically next week content, but... Uh, George Gray does occasionally model a thing or two. Um, now, something that was very big, especially in the Johnny O and Rod and early Rod Roddy eras, uh, were announcer showcases. Uh, ah, they, yes, the eras of the flaky flicks and such. Uh, where the announcers would uh, either play a character in a storyline of a showcase. Occasionally, they would model prizes, um, and yeah, they would they would definitely be involved in showcases for sure. Uh, uh, they 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 did that a lot more than modeling regular prizes. Usually, if an announcer modeled a prize, it was a one bid prize. That is something that I tend to notice. Um, and usually, they had their uh, read of the script pre recorded for that portion. Not necessarily. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, no. Yeah. When Rich Fields did it, Rich Fields would do it live. That's because it's Rich Fields. The man was put through what kind of hell do we want to read? One, he had to do like part of it upside down. Once he was gargling water between the reeds. More on that clip later. All right. Go find the clip. Make yourself useful. Are you saying, fuck it, we do it live? Uh, uh, we'll find that clip next week because it was what Drew was hosting technically. I look at my executive producer. I mean, technically, now everybody's looking at me. Technically, yes, if it's a next week thing, if Carrie was hosting, it wouldn't have been amongst the barrage of unnumbered, somewhat disorganized clips that someone in the midst of boredom mostly put. For me to so anyways, we're talking about announcers right now. Uh, the very the, the main announcers that we all know and love from the show. Uh, in the original run, we had Johnny Olson. Uh, unfortunately, we, we lost Johnny Olson uh, in 1985, October 12th of 1985. Um, there was three notable... There was three notable uh, people that auditioned after, uh, well, actually four, but there was there was three, and then the guy who got the job, as we know, uh, that auditioned for uh, Johnny Olson's job. One was Bob Hilton. Uh, the other one was a gentleman that I can't say I'm very familiar with by the name of Don Bishop. 
Um, I'm not familiar with them either, and that's saying something. Then we got to Gene Wood, the very, very infamous Gene Wood of other of other game show fame, right? Like, and then we got Rod Roddy. Um, honestly, out of the options, it's a toss-up. I would have, I could have lived with either Gene Wood or Rod Roddy. Um, I wish they'd let Gene Wood do a little bit of a longer run, but that's just me. Um, Gene Wood was uh, busy handling Burt Convy fuckups. Gene Wood and Burt Convy seem to work together very well. You are correct in that matter. Um, as you know, we got Rod Roddy uh, as as the permanent announce as the second permanent full time announcer. Of the prices, right? Um, he is the one that that produced or the created and 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 made popular the signature "Come on down" uh, line that you hear. Um, well, since you mentioned the "Come on down" line, if I may butt in for a moment, we can bring everybody a full screen for a moment. Not, not really, no, because I'm going somewhere with this. But okay. Um, unfortunately, very sadly, we lost Rod Roddy to a combination of colon cancer and male breast cancer in 2003. Um, after Roddy's death, uh, we had a slew, literal slew of people try out. Uh, either try out or just flat out fill in announcers um, for Rod Rowdy, either before or after his untimely demise. Um, notably, we had um, Randy West, Burton Richardson. Where did my list go? I had a list. Uh, Jim Thornton of Future Wheel of Fortune fame. Uh, Daniel Rosen, Art Sanders, um, quite a few there. Uh, eventually, they settled on Rich Fields, uh, and we have we had Rich Fields up until slightly after Kerry took over. We'll be talking a little bit more about that uh, next week as part of Drew Carey. Um. Fun fact about Rich Fields, he is currently the weather personality, or not weather personality, but actual meteorologist. Uh, he does have a meteorology degree. He graduated from, please cut to John. Hang on, I'm researching something. John, please point at the thing behind you. Oh! He graduated from the University of Florida Gainesville. In 1983, with a bachelor's degree in broadcasting. Um, fun fact, Fields is actually a cancer survivor. Uh, he had testicular cancer and lymphoma. Um, in 2000, Fields returned to college at Mississippi State University, got his degree in meteorology. Um, he did his internship at WFLA in Tampa, here in Tampa. Um, 
he went out to LA. He was doing LA weatherman work um, while he was working for very famous uh, KCBS slash KCAL um, franchise flagship CBS affiliate stations. Um, but now, as of November 1st, 2021, he is working as a meteorologist uh, here at the CBS affiliate WTSP Tampa Bay of Tampa, Florida. Um, we have a couple of clips. Oh, boy. Which clips we go into, yours or mine, or yes? Read the fucking agenda, please. Thank you. Well, first of all, I've got to be sure to have this one ready. All right. Do I need do I need to go find, find the clips for you? Because I can. I don't know if they got posted. Because I have the one that does say specifically Olsen Tribute. Okay, I'll, I'll find, find the tribute first. I'll find the Rod Roddy one. Please hold. All right, real quick while while they're doing the research that they need to do here. Eric, can you go mm -hmm. ahead and cue, can you go ahead and cue me up for a second with a quick segment? Of course, now that I have that paused, and was this the one that you particularly referenced? Um, gentlemen, we're talking announcers. I've got a question. So he talks about the fact, uh, Brian talked about the fact that the Price is Right with the Barker errors started with Johnny Olsen and then eventually ended up and then eventually ended up going into the Rod Roddy era after Olsen's, after Olsen's departure from the show. So what I'm thinking to you guys is this here. Olsen's, Olsen aside because it did help launch the Barker era. In my opinion, I feel that Rod Roddy and Bob Barker are the most iconic host and announcer pairing in game show history. Gentlemen, my question for you is this. What would be your choice for most iconic host announcer pairing in game show history? Trebek and Gilbert. Good selection. No arguments here. Definitely up there. And it's a tie between that and uh, Parker Roddy. Mr. Watkins? Say Jack and Charlie O for me. Well, I have a lot of great respect. A lot of great respect for Trebekah Gilbert, obviously. Anytime you have contestants doing impressions of the announcers on the show. Yeah, Charlie O. Mr. Espinosa. I'm sorry, I totally missed a question. I'm just going to pass. Are we going to let him pass? Because I, I, I do kind of want his, I do kind of want his opinion here. I'm, I'm saying pass. In the interest of time, we're passing. All right. With that being said, we now present the Price is Right tributes to Johnny Olson and Rod Roddy. Boom! Boom! And making sure that I have everything added, and off we go. If you're on CBS, I 
find myself, and I know several of the people on the staff have mentioned the legendary Johnny Olson. You remember Johnny? What a wonderful, wonderful announcer he was in radio and television. And I think you'll agree, Rod, uh, he was one of the all-time greats. Bobby was always one of my heroes because he did so many wonderful shows from radio on and television. And when I was just getting my start, this is a true story, when I was just getting my start in television, I came to this show in this studio to see Johnny Olson to find out. And Johnny was kind enough to explain to me how it was done. And I watched him do this show sitting right out there in the audience. And he really helped me get a start in television. So I owe a great deal to Johnny Olson. And of course, it was Johnny. Today, today the expression, come on down, is a household word. I hear it every place I go. And it was Johnny Olson who first uttered that uh, come on down. And it was Johnny who made it a part of Americana. And I think of him every time I say it. Every time. All right. We could not have found a better. We could not have found a better announcer when we uh, lost Johnny than we, than we did find when we found you, Rod. And well, the time has you, come Bob. for you to give us a come on. Now. One of my favorite things, Bernadette Cassidy. Come on down. You're the best on the Price is Right. Okay, John. I, I already got both of the clips in there. That well, second link, Eric, is the one to play next. No, not that one. The other one. Sorry, I didn't realize the wrong Johnny O clip. Technically, uh, was the one that got queued up. Okay, so the one right above it says queue next. That's yeah, the one that's next. That's up. That's the one that's next up, and then we'll go to the Johnny O one, or the Rod Roddy one. Sorry. Still a touching tribute, don't get me wrong, but is there any chance you can increase the volume a little? Of course. Yeah, some of these eighties trans quotings don't come over very well on audio. Tape decay. Since taping this program, we've lost our good friend, Johnny Olson. You will continue to see and hear Johnny on the many programs he's already taped. He was dearly loved by all of us and will be sorely missed. Um, do me a favor and pull up the non-credible academic and get a date for me for his passing, please. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. We did? Yes. Mm -hmm. I must have missed that. As October 22nd, 85. We have lost our dear friend, Rod Roddy. Rod's many television friends, all of us associated with The Price is Right, will miss his splendid talent and his great sense of humor. May God bless Rod.
Well, that's kind of that's kind of chilling that they both passed in October. October twelfth, eighty five. October twenty seventh, Um. Okay. So before we move forward, away from announcers, um, we'll do our own quick tributes here. I have to be honest with you. I have not seen a ton of the Johnny Olson era of The Price is Right. It is available on Pluto TV. If you guys check out the Bob Barker era of Price is Right channel on Pluto TV, it's pretty much almost exclusively Johnny Olson's announcing on those episodes. However, we did talk about before the days of growing up, staying home sick from school and watching The Price is Right. And the voice of The Price is Right to me, just as much as Bob Barker, was Rod Roddy. And specifically that super excited version of come on down. You're the next contestant on the price is right. Rod Roddy is just as much the voice. Rod Roddy is just as much a voice of my childhood as Bob Barker was when it came to the price is right. And he is dearly missed because that man was amazing at his job. And for another show that we have an affinity for press your luck. For those who love Ron and remember him from that show as well, we'll be getting to that on a future episode, but definitely one of the few voices of my childhood as well. I know Johnny O mostly from other shows than Price is Right because the man was all over Gustin Todman, but he is the man who coined the phrase after stand up on the first episode and calling the first four contestants and all four of you come on down that's where it all began um, if you find the first episode on youtube you can watch exactly how he did it in 1972. we will show we will show that clip in the week four edition of the deep dive into the price is right mr espinoza your thoughts on Mr. Olson and Mr. Roddy? I can't say that I have many thoughts about Johnny Olson. Same. Simply for the fact that even to this day, I am more familiar with the the nineties, two thousands maybe to an extent the mid to late 80s onward versions of prices right that were post johnny olson okay. with that said he was an amazing announcer he did help put prices right into its place as a part of americana rod roddy took the groundwork that Johnny Olson started, poured the concrete in, and wha-bam, The Price is Right, greatest game show of all time. The effort was equal to both of their parts, but I would be remiss if I said um, that... I remember Rod Roddy more than I remember Johnny Olson. Um, with that said, I hold an extremely high regard for, for certain announcers. Um, honestly, 
with the versatility of what Rod Roddy has done, because as much as I, as much as it's, it's I hate to say it, it, you know, you, you mentioned Rod Roddy, the first P, the first thing, and probably the only thing most people will say is the price is right. Unfortunately, Unfortunately yeah. or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, Rod Roddy did more than just that. And he was very good at the other stuff that he did. Eric, actually, I mean, if you wanted to be a contestant on Kitman, forget it. But yeah, Eric actually just kind of mentioned that too. And I specifically remember Rod Roddy's you'll have to avoid the whammies as you get ready to play. Press your luck, which you can as see in the, the main here of this show. Yeah, I'm gonna warn you don't, don't misquote pressure luck because there are three people that will <laughs> correct you in a heartbeat. You make one tiny mistake on that show, everybody's gonna be all over you on this. Oh, show. yeah, no, it's nothing personal, Harry. It's just if it is one thing, if you thought this deep dive was bad, there is a reason why we are devoting another entire month to a single show. I want to say that, that dive is going to be so deep, you're going to feel like you're under pressure at the bottom of the barrier is trench. I, I believe that's the month of May where we get into, into pressure luck. Yes, that is correct. And now that we stalled enough for Eric to return. Um, um, but as I was saying, really quick. <laughs> go ahead. Rod Roddy, you're the GOAT. We miss you always. To... Adapt a saying from a line of work I used to be in. A person remembered never dies. And also, I think just to show Rod Roddy's versatility, if, if I, I may, may request a your microphone. Or somebody's supposed to be doing the muting and the unmuting and the stuff. That's why he I just, stopped touching it. Mute he just got back. And now he's and, muted. And I had to go ahead and also relay an important message since everybody was mentioning things like time and such. And it didn't have to stall that much. Uh, if we have the time, I would like to request the uh, Rod Roddy on Kilborn clip from the list, please. Um, well, before we do that, uh, it's about that time. Uh, so I will go ahead and say you are listening to Life is Like a Game Show here on the W2M Network. Uh, Harry, would you like to tell the folks where they can find us? Very quickly. We're not doing the five-minute plug, just a you know 30-second thing. I, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox, Google Pods, Apple Pods, Overcast. Rate and review us five stars on Spotify. And make sure you guys check us out in video format on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter. Life is like a game show, a W2M Network presentation online at W2Mnet.com. Now, do we have the clip while we, while we stalled with the top of the hour plug? I was still going through the library for that one, so yes, that will be available momentarily. Okay, so while, while Eric looks for that clip, I actually have a question for you, Mr. Espinoza. I know that the next segment on your format says the the game mechanics of The Price is Right. But you mean since The Price and Games? Yeah, we're skipping that. I was going to say, are we we can still focus on like the one bids, the showcase, and, and the big wheel. So... But, what we'll go ahead and do is I'll answer your question for you. We'll talk about the typical structure of a price is uh, right. Right now, show. I have some sad news to report. And we'll do that after the clip. Okay, sounds good.
<laughs> that sounds like we have a clip ready. Yeah, that's because we do. Uh, right now, I have some sad news to report. One of our friends uh, passed away yesterday, uh, Rod Roddy from The Price is Right, who uh, did our show frequently, and he was a great friend, and he was in the building, and he would come by and say hi to us all the time. And uh, he was sick for a long time, but he always had a very upbeat um, personality. So we're going to miss you, Rod. And here now, uh, Rod on our show over the last few years. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello from The Price is Right announcer, Rod Roddy! Oh, it's Rod Roddy from The Price is Right! Is this my night? Talk to the hand, Craig. I'm not participating. This is a roundtable discussion, and I was here for a town hall. You know what, Kilborn? Your interviewing is piss poor. <laughs> Screw you! Just do the news, okay? Does he still wear the sparkling outfits when he's just hanging out? Let's find out. Here's Rod Roddy. No! Hey, you want me to wear one of those loud, obnoxious jackets like that guy does with the big fake voice that guy has that announcer has? Oh, Craig, Kip Madsen, come on down! You're the next contestant on The Price is Right! Craig, in the future, stick to the bad Shaq jokes, okay? Thank you, Rod Roddy, everybody. Worldwide Pants, of course, the same production company that produced the David Letterman show as well, of which Roddy and Barker were occasional participants indeed fun fact david letterman owns worldwide pants and owns the uh late late show all right so we were just talking about this while we were uh while we were waiting for eric to get the clip queued up there so we'll do the uh we'll talk about the show structure we'll do the we'll go into more details on the one bid the wheel spin in the showcase showdown and then we'll save the pricing games for the um, forgotten week five uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that, but right now it's uh, looking extremely possible uh, that because we forgot that there's five Tuesdays this month, um, since we kind of started on the first. Um, that makes sense now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll be talking about pricing games and nothing but pricing games uh, on the very last week of the month here on uh, Life is Like a Game Show on the W2M Network as we. Which want to thank you for listening just as we pass over the two hour mark. We promise for those of you who have actually been listening to the W2M network in the past, we are not, I repeat, we are not attempting to go for the land speed record. Uh, however, real we're getting dangerously close. We'll get no, close without going over. No, 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 real dangerous, nothing. No, we have a ways. Real quick, we'll we'll move forward into the show breakdown As and I everything like this. From my from my executive producer uh, here. Real quick, uh, we will get into the show breakdown here. Uh, this actually works out for me because I was going to suggest this as a future bonus episode. So what we will do on your final episode of Price is Right Month is we will go into all of the pricing games. We will talk favorite pricing games. 
and we will rate the pricing games as well, as well as talking about their history and their relevance to the show in terms of how active they still are and what Which era means, they start. Means, Nielsen, your clip show will get aired in week five. You mean we will have a bonus game in week five? I, I, you know you what? Know, no, I have to allow it. It's the name of the pricing game. It's actually not off topic. It's the second it's, one ever played. It's, 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 it one was. Of, it's one of Nielsen's better gimmicks. I am inclined to say give him the damn monkey. We have been very light-handed on the monkey this evening. We have been light-handed on the monkey. I will agree with that. Go ahead, the monkey. And that pricing game and contestant was featured on the 40th anniversary episode of all right, all right, all right. That's enough. I gave you your damn monkey, even though I couldn't get one. Forget serious. I was gonna give it to you. Look, I'm sorry again. It it blame Harry for that one. He would have been the tiebreaker and he didn't know. So get mad at him. To contrast the 50s with the 70s, one bid was slightly sped up in the fact that it was only one bid in contestants' row. Unless you had a certain record-tying circumstance. Clip? I'm confused because I didn't realize we gave Nielsen the floor to talk about the structure of the show yet. Yeah, I wasn't aware that we had moved on either. Yeah, I, that wasn't the direction in which I kind of wanted to go with that. Well, I you mean, know what? We'll, we'll recover here because fuck it, we'll do it live. Um, I got a clip about one bit and how it works. I have this prepped. He technically he just did because go ahead you have right something there. prepped. Let us set you up for it. Especially since, oh, I don't know, if you're going to have a massive number of clips and stuff, normally, especially... All right, all right, all right, all right, we get the message. God, let me pull, because I want to go to videotape already. My name ought to be John Cena, and I'd be wearing a goofy outfit. (laughs) At least Broadhurst, I'm pretty sure, got that reference. Anyways, I want, uh, I so want the no first co- game that I was making a reference to Peacemaker, but moving on. Yes. Because that went over everybody's I, head as well. I watched Peacemaker. I'm glad I know did. of it, but I, I I was just trying to move forward from the train wreck that this I'm last trying five minutes to, has been. I'm, I'm trying to as well. Uh, so in a typical show... um. After the contestants are called down to stage to contestants row, they stand in front of podiums and a prize is brought out on stage. The announcer will introduce said prize and the contestants going in the order of the person who arrived to contestants row the most recent bids going from most recent to least recent arrival to contestants row. At the very beginning of the show, it goes left to right. Um, Apparently, Mr. Nielsen has set us up with a video example of how one bid works. So let's go ahead to the video clip. 
All right, Rich, I have Joy, I have Phyllis, I have Chris, and you have... Sylvia. Sylvia Bradshaw. Come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. From the four generations that love Bob. Here she comes. How long is this clip? I got the E. Might have played. This is good. This is a Dobkowitz record tying moment here. It's a beautiful dinette set. Hey, they used the Punch a Bunch cover to cover up the dinette set. Oh, this is a pricey game. From their Hang on. Collection, this lovely Let me see if I can get a dinette set. Has a glass here. tabletop and provides a modern touch to any home. From the Ashley Companies. And to the no, this is a woman bitch. She just got to contestant throw. Bruce's yams use only the sweet, tender heart of the yam. That's why they're so delicious. America's number right. one selling yams are Bruce's yams, America's sweethearts. And you get the first bid, Sylvia. 1825, Bob. They don't usually put the one bids behind the big price. Here's Joy. 1200. $1,200. Sometimes they do. To be do fair, they don't zero. usually do dinette sets as one bid items. Especially not in the Barker era. I love the way you did that. Chris, Chris bid twelve fifty, and Phyllis bid twelve fifty one, then she smiled so sweetly. <laughs> all right, you've all overbid. What was the lowest bid here? Twelve hundred dollars. Raise the bids, please, and bid lower than twelve hundred dollars, Sylvia. Eleven hundred. Eleven hundred dollars, Joy. Nine hundred. Nine hundred dollars, Chris. One thousand. One thousand dollars. Eight ninety nine. Phyllis bids eight ninety nine. And you're all overbid again. Now the lowest bid is eight ninety nine. Erase the bids, please. Go the lower than eight ninety nine. Six ninety nine. Her bid is yep. six ninety nine. Joy. Seven hundred twenty dollars, Chris. Seven fifty. What is the most overbids we've ever had? Four. We've just had three. <laughs> if they overbid one more time, they've equaled the record. Bob was looking to Dobquits off stage there, by the way. The lowest bid is six ninety nine. Raise the bids, please. For lower than six ninety nine, so. Six thirty five. Her bid is what? Six thirty five. Six thirty five. Joy. Five eighty. Five eighty, Chris. Six fifty. Six fifty. Philip. Six fifty one. What do you say? 651. 651. Wonderful. Now, let's see if we can break the record. Somebody spit a dollar and be done with While it. People at home are all turning to another channel. Yes, spoiled it. This I'm going to say, I'm surprised nobody's bid a dollar What is the now. lowest bid? 580. Erase the bids, please. I've never seen this clip before. 
260. Why did I say a dollar? A dollar. Why? Why didn't you do that 20 minutes ago? Please, somebody say $2. 450. 450. Fill it. 420. 420. And the actual knows what's up. is 503. You win, Chris. And that oh. is how you do a one thing. Mr. Espinosa, back to you. <laughs> if you want to be there for five minutes, sure. I, you know what? The clip was kind of funny. I'm kind of sitting here scratching my head. Why the fuck didn't you bid a dollar? Um, uh, after like the second turn, I'm bidding a dollar. Not to mention, dinette sets were cheap as fuck back in those days. It do yeah. be facts, though. Hmm. And then you go up on stage, play a pricing game. Okay, go ahead, Mr. Espinoza. Oh, there it is. There's your show. No need for me. <laughs> go ahead, Brian. It, I, Nielsen already said it. The guy, person who wins the one bid goes on stage to play a pricing game. My, that was my transition to head back to you, you fool. <laughs> what more needed to be said? There's still plenty to be said. For example, how many pricing games are played in a typical episode? Yeah. All right, Mr. Non-Academic Credible Resource. Jesus, just and Wait a pass the buck. Damn it, you stole my joke. <laughs> Speaking of 1972, you had three pricing games in a half-hour show. But wait a minute. Those who watch the show nowadays. The one that I watched, the premiere episode that you talked about, I'm almost certain there were four. Regardless. Mm -hmm. Three were called up. Mr. Espinosa, take back over, please. Two winners would go on to the showcase. Nowadays, it's three pricing games, the three one bids, and then you get. What to, 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 to use cricket terms, mid innings break. <laughs> you come back, you get a showcase showdown where they spin the wheel. Person who spends the highest amount of money on the dollar wheel. If you don't get a dollar, you just move on to the showcase. If you get a dollar in a combination of one or two spins, you win a thousand dollars and get an additional bonus spin worth up to $25,000 depending on the year. There was 10,000 it was 5,000 then 10,000 then 25,000. If you landed on the dollar section, if you landed on the green section, the amounts were less. I think, I think 5, five and 15 cents and yes. 5,000, 10,000. I was going to say, I think it was just five grand across the board, regardless of the year. There's your original wheel. The rainbow wheel, yes. And then we have an actual wheel. And the purposes of time, we're not going to show a clip. 
you can go watch a Price is Right episode. I promise you, you've probably seen one episode of The Price is Right in your lifetime if you're listening to this podcast. May I note that for the bonus episode, I have a special antidote about the wheel. Make sure you put it down somewhere that isn't the StreamYard chat. Just don't spin the wheel backwards. Yes, do not spin the wheel backwards. Bob Barker hates when people spins the wheel backwards. I am not sure the reason why, but I think it causes technical problems with the mechanics in the wheel. Also, spinning the wheel backwards means the wheel's coming up in the front and can be an um, injury hazard. But, yeah, no. Do not and Mr. Broadhurst is muted. It does seem like a quick way to get chin-checked by the wheel if you spin it up towards your face. And you stand too close, yeah. I have a lot of that, and I specifically mentioned in the Discord, when we get to the bonus week, I will be able to provide further explanation. Um, if two contestants tie or three, there's been a couple of cases of all three contestants tying. Uh, I got a clip of that if you want it. Or we no. can save it. We'll, we'll save, save it. it. Okay. If all three contestants tie, there is a spinoff. Each contestant is allowed an additional spin. The contestant with the highest score advances to the showcase. Multiple spinoffs are played until the tie is broken. This has also happened in the event that if you hit the dollar in and you're tied for a dollar, your spinoff spin is also your tie-breaking spin. If you get a dollar on a tie-breaking spin, it still counts as spinning a dollar, and you will also get a bonus spin. No, what no. I'm saying, if you hit a dollar, your bonus spin is... Is your spin-off spin? Yes, so, I was saying something different. Say, for example, you got two contestants to tie at 95. They go to their tiebreaker. Somebody spins a dollar on the tiebreaker. That is a dollar on the wheel. Oh, yes, that, that does count. Yes. Now, if you if you hit a dollar and you get the dollar in your bonus tie-breaking spin, you get the 10,000 or 25 or whatever it is, you don't get an additional spin. Well, why would you want an additional bonus spin after you would have just hit a dollar twice? You would have you would only have that if on the rare off chance that it would be a second spin off, but it would just would not be an additional bonus spin. Yeah. Oh. You can win a thousand dollars and then you can win the five or ten or twenty-five extra, and that's it. And in the early episodes, as Bob would mention, it would be a nice crisp one thousand dollar bill. Um, showcase. Or, okay, we go to the second half of the show after the first showcase showdown. Three more one bids, three more pricing games. Those three people go to the second showcase showdown. They do the whole spinning the wheel thing again. And then those two people who win the showcase showdowns go to the showcase. I will very quickly attempt to explain the showcase because we don't really have time for a clip. Um, a showcase of prizes, typically two to three. Average was three. I've seen them as high as six prizes in a showcase uh, are presented. The top winner based on both wheel earnings, one bid winnings, 
and pricing game winnings uh, gets the option of placing a bid or passing the show the first showcase to the runner-up who is then required to bid. A second showcase will then be presented with a similar amount of items. Um, and then the contestant will bid on that showcase. Un I don't think I've ever seen it happen, but both contestants can bet the or bid the exact same amount on their showcase, unlike one bid. Because they're bidding on different amounts total, they're not bidding on the same thing. Yes. Yes. And I believe if both contestants, though it's never happened, are equal distance away without going over, they each win their own respective showcases. Correct. And I right. actually, I'll say this. I am inclined to believe, right, based on current rules. I have I did some research on this recently. The what happens in a double in an exact same distance away double uh, or a double showcase win scenario. Not the usual double showcase win we're referring we're usually hearing, but yeah. My my belief, because I cannot find this anywhere in Price is Right, and I'm pretty sure the only place this exists is in the Price is Right house rules book on the Price is Right set that the Price is Right is legally bound to. Because I can't find it in official rules anywhere. My belief is that if two contestants are exactly the same distance away, they would both indeed win their showcases. And if it were within double showcase territory, which is $250 or less from the actual retail price of their showcase, they would both win double showcases. You're absolutely correct. I did the same research and was about to reference that exact same thing, including the escalation due to inflation of that window. Originally did not exist. Then $100, now $250. All right. Extended so beyond and then contracted back, and yes, the showcase would effectively be cloned in that case. All right. Yeah, quick. talk about way to screw up the prize budget. Speaking right. of the prizes, that segues us into the next little topic here, because we're kind of getting out of order. Real quick, before um, we move forward, before we move forward, actually do have, uh, I, I will allow for a couple of the smaller length clips to be played here that Jonathan posted inside of the, uh, inside uh, of the chat. Room. We're at two hours and 22 minutes. I really want to say we don't have a lot of time left. They're all under a minute each. At the very least. At the very oh. least, I want to do the first and the third one. The first one, what happens if nobody wins? Well, it's happened before, and it happens somewhat regularly. And this is the first time. Bob says he's still nervous up here. And Andrea, how do you feel now? Oh, I just can't stop shaking. <laughs> well, you both just continue to shake for a few more moments, and we'll know the whole story here. Now, Andrea, you've given me a bid of $3,250 on your showcase. And, Andrea, the actual retail price of your showcase is 
2930 You're over. You're over, Andrea. So, Bob, so long as you have not overbid, you'll win everything in your showcase. Now, Bob's bid is $4,100 on his showcase. And, Bob, the actual retail price of your showcase is $3,656. You're over. Now, Bob, it just was not to be, it seems. You got down there to contestant's row finally, though, and you got up on the stage with me. And I hope you've enjoyed yourself. And I hope All right, you've we can kill the clip here. Yes, That's in what... the in, in the unlikely event of a double overbid, nobody wins. Um, which I was about to get you in the rules, anyways. Um, yeah, if you go over on bidding in your showcase, you don't win it. You're just that's it. You're out. You're done. Which means if the other person, as long as they don't go over, they win. And there's been a couple of there's been a couple of very rare times in the Price Is Right where people have bet ridiculously low on the fact that they think their content their their opponent went over in fact there has been at least at least that i know of to my knowledge at least one one dollar bid in the showcase showdown or in the showcase uh showcase. if you would if you would be so kind to pull that clip for week four it would be greatly appreciated well that's a hard I think, final that's try. Be, I think that's gonna be week i think week five is just gonna be the clip show week because Remember, we have stuff to talk about week four. So we'll put that with the pricing games then? I think week week five is just going to be clip week. I don't know if we're going to call it pricing games. I think we're just going to call it clip week. Now, if you're close enough to be eligible for a double showcase win, you still have to be the closest without going over. Yes, if you're within double showcase territory, you still have to win by being closer. This has happened on quite a few occasions, very notably at the beginning of the run. Mr. Watkins? $2,200 in your showcase. The actual retail price is $2,230. And she thinks she's won it. Note the way that Bob said that. You'll win both showcases unless I forget the lady's name. Unless that gets even closer. Yeah. Which means he kind of spoiled it before he revealed it. Well, not necessarily. He mentioned Bob doesn't know. The producers know ahead of time because they know they they pretty much put the cameras in focus mm -hmm. so that they can capture the correct contestants' winning reaction. Bob Bob yeah. does not know ahead of time. Bob doesn't know anything ahead of time. The only he time he knows is when he pulls out and pulls open the tag from the envelope. Oh, so he, he so he basically winged that conversation there and ended up ended up forecasting that girl that the the that person getting underbid More by a dollar. More than likely, what happened is during the commercial break between them placing the bid and the reveal, one of the producers came out to Bob, or they motioned him back to the little producer hut off to to stage right, and and reminded him of his script. Me being interrupted is a W2M network exclusive. 
and yeah. told Bob, hey, you need to say this specifically because there's they're both in double showcase territory. Bob might then ask, okay, who won it? Or may ask for extra particulars. But generally speaking, Bob does not know the outcomes, the prices, anything like that until the moment he pulls the tab or the envelope or hits the button to drop the price or whatever mechanism is in place to see if the person wins or not. You want a genuine host reaction. And also you got this thing called standards and practices. It's more so to protect people from from Bob accidentally giving something away and for people to accidentally, even though it's happened a few times, people to accidentally see the correct price or whatever and effectively cheat on the show. It's very similar to how Regis never knew the answers to any of the questions on Millionaire until they flashed on screen. Because there's nothing in the rules that stated that the contestants couldn't go walk, get up and walk over and look at Regis's podium, which was a like 98% carbon clone copy. He just had a couple of extra things on his podium. So mainly for commercial breaks and producer control. Um, yeah, no, because speaking of that, if something big were to happen in the showcase, um, there would be, they would motion Bob over, uh, or whoever was hosting say, Hey, this is what happened. How do you want to handle it? Or here's how you need to handle it. More on this or, next week when we talk about the perfect fit as well. Yeah. Kind of a 229. I'm well aware of where we're at. <laughs> Uh, so that is the showcase showdown, and that is the general structure of a Price is Right show. Um, you win your showcase, you get to run over and check out your prizes. Your your group of people that's with you gets to you know storm the stage. Uh, Bob Barker walks over. Um, most episodes, the announcer actually comes out of the booth and walks over and waves and gets to shake their hand or whatever. Um, especially when there's a double showcase win. Um, so yeah, moving on. Um, we'll talk about pricing games on our bonus week. There's like over a hundred, over a hundred. Yeah. Literally. Uh, there's still at least 30 to 40 active. Um, the same with memorable moments. I'd like to cover some of them today, but unfortunately we just don't have, we're running low on time. Um, so our next biggest segment, which unfortunately is definitely, if you bet on the over at the beginning of the show, <laughs> congratulations, you officially won your bet 45 seconds ago. Um, two hour, two and a half hours was never going to happen, period. And yes, but I would, I would like to, us to be mindful of the fact that we are now officially over originally allotted time and okay. to keep interruptions and sidebars to a minimum. Allow me to allow me to allow me to preface this by saying this: we are at two hours and thirty-one minutes right now. However, 
We are only an hour and 50 minutes into the Price is Right deep dive. The first 40 minutes of the show was introduction and news desk. Hence why I was going to go into the full disclaimer at the beginning of the show about the length of tonight's episode and the length of the episodes for the entirety of the month. Maybe not so much the clip show, but things happen. Um, I say we stick to the format and keep going forward. That was my plan. Okay. I don't got to be at work tomorrow morning. Minus wow. minus some stuff, but that was the plan. I do. Carry on, Mr. Espinoza. Um, the controversies. No good game show is without controversy, and unfortunately, Price is Right is no exception. Um, for those of you who remember, yes, prizes and moments got pushed, Harry. I just, I literally just said that. All right, continue. I'm, we, I'm, I'm sorry, we don't have the time. If I talk about prizes and notable moments, I'm not even going to get to the 90s lawsuits for another 30 minutes. And the 90s lawsuits that we're about to talk about are probably going to take 30 to 45 minutes to cover. If we are real, if I'm being realistic to do them justice. So, Bob Barker and The Price is Right were the targets, if you will, um, of several lawsuits in the mid-90s. Um, noted, most notably, they were sexual harassment lawsuits, right? Um the biggest one, obviously, being Diane Parkinson. Um, Diane Parkinson had just... Uh, long story short there, it was very ugly. Lots of, 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 like, just all sorts of stuff. Bob Barker ended up calling a press conference saying, yes, I had sexual relations with that woman. We're waiting. <laughs> Nothing. Wow. Okay. And no okay. vote for Nielsen. Wait, I give see him a his, vote. Give him producer's his privilege. <laughs> I mean, come on. We're talking the mid nineties. It was the same time Nixon. Or uh, why well, I said Nixon. The same time Clinton was in office. See, you can't blame me for that one because I gave you a flat out yes. I did. Let that be known. Um, I thought that was good. Thank you. Um, but anyways, yeah. Um, so... A lot of, I think it was like three or four models, if I remember correctly. I'm trying to like pull it up here. Because um, there's. Uh, 
Yeah, so so Parkinson left the show in 93. Uh, the following year in 94, she filed a lawsuit that claimed that Barker had sexually harassed her. She withdraws the suit in 95, not before all sorts of just like slanderous, libelous um, stuff going on. Parkinson gets replaced by several other women. Holly Hallstrom gets fired uh, on the basis of weight gain due to prescription medication. Um, although Hallstrom ends up alleging that she's dismissed for her refusal to support Barker in his ongoing litigation with Parkinson. He sues her for slander and libel. She countersues for wrongful termination for age, weight, a wrongful termination and age, weight, and medical discrimination in 2005, a whole decade later, she gets a multi-million dollar settlement from Barker. Um, Janice Pennington and Kathleen Bradley get fired off the show in 2000 and what was claimed as an attempt to attract a younger demographic, but their dismissals come after Barker's failed lawsuit against Halstrom, and they file and sue for wrongful termination and settle out of court. Um, notably because it's believed that they were fired because of the statements that they made in their depositions for the Bob Barker um, Halstrom case. There was also, uh, the name is slipping me off the top of my head here, but Bob Barker's personal assistant on the show uh, was also fired for the same reason um, because she gave a deposition that did not line up with what Barker wanted them to say, uh, and the producers were canned. Or she was canned, sorry, the producers canned her. Um in the middle of all of this, Pearson takes over. As part of Pearson taking over, we get perpetual dick of the week, Mike Richards. Go ahead, put up the gimmick. Oh, I got to go ahead and go back and find the gimmick, which is doable. Parker's personal... Uh... Parker's former production assistant, I believe, it's Linda Riker. Yes, Riker. Thank you. Thank you. Fandom.academic credible source. I was looking for that for that name myself as well. I'm glad one of us found it. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, because I sure as hell couldn't remember it. Um. Yeah. So for man, or so so Pearson comes in for a while. They're running the show. Pearson gets turned into RTL. RTL gets turned into Fremantle. And in 2008, we get Mike Richards. Um, this whole entire time, it's being said that the senior production or the senior, the senior producers and Barker are creating a hostile work environment in price. Um, the sexual harassment is continuing. 
And even more models will leave in the like early 2000s uh, with more lawsuits, controversy, slander, and libel to go with it. Um, I could sit here and talk about, I'm going to be honest with you, I could sit here and talk about this subject for another probably hour and go into some really nitty gritty details. But if you go to YouTube and you look up E! True Hollywood Stories, they did a special on The Price is Right that was primarily focused on the lawsuit scandals. And if I made it a damn good job of it. They did do a damn good job of it. They they painted prices right. They 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 shown the truth on the matter, but they didn't disparage prices right like they have been apt to do with other shows that they have put under that E true Hollywood spotlight. I don't I don't think I've ever seen this episode, so I'll have to go look at it in order to uh it is on YouTube. I saw it. I, I did. I was looking for it earlier. I was able to find it. If I can relocate the link, I'll make sure we get it in the description. Okay, sounds good. Are we? Uh, are we going but, to go? In, are we going to go into the Mike Richards era? The Price is Right right now. Or are we going to save that for the Drew Carey episode? We're going to save most of it for next week. Um, needless to say that there was some change-ups when Fremantle officially took the realm or took the helm of the Price is Right, right? Um, and then there was even further change-ups down the line. Um, honestly... Dobquits left. Richard Dobquit, or yeah, um, Roger, not Richard. Dobquits got fired. Yeah, yeah. Dobquits got fired. That led to per. That was part of the perfect bid scandal, which we will be talking about next week for sure. Um, there's a lot going on behind the scenes at Prices Right at, towards the end of Bob Barker's run. Unfortunately, a good chunk of it wasn't good. Brian, if I may steal a Harry gimmick, I have a question. Do you think Bob left because of what was going on or because it was just 50 years, 35 years on the price? It was just time to retire just because of his age? Or was it the circumstances that said, I don't need any more of this looming on my name. I'm getting out while I still can. If you ask me, and this is a, a pretty purely educated guess, but it's kind of a, what would I do in this situation? I think Bob had started the machinations for his retirement, even if he hadn't really told anybody in 05 when he had to finally settle the lawsuit. I think he looked at it and said, okay, if I do two more years, I get to season 35. I'm on television for 50 years. I think I can survive long enough to make it to there. 
that's when I retire. I don't think Bob ever had an intention in his mind to go past 35. I don't think that's because of his age. I don't think, I think it's, it's purely circumstantial. Uh, he was at the point where hostilities between him and the entire rest of the crew, Rod Roddy even included, like before Rod Roddy passed, was just at the point where Bob kind of saw the writing on the wall of, and it's kind of going back to what I was telling, you know, what I was mentioning earlier um, with the Wheel of Fortune thing, is Bob saw the writing on the wall of the times are changing and I'm not fit for the business anymore. And Bob decided to go out while he was still relatively on top. That's that's how I see it. Eric, Harry, agree, disagree? Completely agree. I think the timing really helped him. Those extra two years would have allowed, and they did, a little more distance from the settlement, from the issues, and it's like, okay, I only had one big thing, 50 years on TV, milestone, 35 years old price, milestone, breaking records, hang on long enough to just do that, then honestly, I'm done. I think it was a combination to me of everything going on behind the scenes and the time changing. And I do think it was a little bit more with his age because he was getting up there and you mentioned the different health issues that he even had leading up to that. So it's just like, I'm at the point to where I don't have to do this anymore. I don't necessarily need to. I'm done. That's that. Yeah, I think he stayed around long enough to ensure the transition over to Carrie would go smoothly. I don't even think Bob Barker knew it was going to be Carrie. I'm not just even so, sure if Bob Barker had a say in it being No, Carrie. just the transition to oh, whomever. Or whomever thank, the host. Thank God it wasn't Mike Richards. Uh, yeah, Mike Richards was one of the few people given a week of auditions. And having seen one of the auditions that leaked on YouTube, it is not good. It wasn't really leaked. It was they aired the auditions in certain markets. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, well, it was good. I wanted to get a rating share idea. Watching focus that triggered my gag reflex. Fo focus groups? What are focus groups? We'll just pilot it in the major markets and see how it reacts in the ratings. The point, the point being for Barker, though, he may not have known specifically that it was going to be Carrie, but he stuck around long enough to wait out the transition over to whomever the new host would be. Again, I think Bob announced his retirement a lot sooner than the public was informed. I don't think Bob Barker's retirement was, was out of left field to mm -mm. anybody at CBS or for Mantle. No. If I had to guess, I'd say somebody at Fremantle had at least a year, maybe year and a half's notice that Bob was going to leave. Even if it was like under strict wraps and they were like quietly looking around for people or like building their short list of people they wanted to come in and have do auditions when they finally announced that Bob was leaving... 
Fremantle was preparing for it. CBS was preparing for it. There's a reason why you even had the announcements of some of that shortlist. George Hamilton, Mario Lopez. The names were being circulated to kind of guide people into, just like with the auditions in the markets, it's, hey, what would the masses think about X, Y, Z? Because also, also look at it. Look how quick that transition was when Bob finally announced his retirement. You don't see that fast of a transition in television unless you had notice and could prepare ahead of time. Mm-hmm. When somebody abruptly leaves or gets fired and you have minimal notice, it's just like the real world. Good luck replacing them fast. You see what happened on the uh, Jeopardy debacle. I mean, we see what happened with Rod Roddy, with Johnny Olsen. We had months of guest announcers. Now, mind you, we ended up having like like two or three that were pretty much just getting extended trial runs to see who was going to get the job. And the goods like Tottenham and the goods of town announcer roster is damn deep. Uh, with with you know Randy West and Burton Richardson being pretty high on that list in the Rod Roddy era, um, but yeah, no, these those type of things don't move fast in television world. So it's we'll talk more about Mike Richards next week. Obviously, that's more of a Drew Carey thing, but. Mm-hmm. Him walking into a workplace scenario that was already scarred by shit that happened as as late as 05. And he walked in in 08 and those after effects were still being feeling stung. Because a lot of the people, what and I don't know if we really covered this so much when we were talking about the crew. But a lot of people who worked on The Price is Right were multi-year veterans mm-hmm. like the av- i think if i remember correctly i remember Rich, Rob, robert dobquitz saying on his social media somewhere once that the average tenure of a staffer on the price is right was like 11 years that was literally the anomaly of television for its time somebody on a show for 11 years nowadays unheard of Two years in some cases even unheard of. Turnover rate is way higher, way faster. You're lucky to have a job season to season with how Hollywood has changed in terms of game shows since that era. That's just television. That's just television in general, especially being a crew member or a producer or something like that. So many more outlets, so much more competition, so many more companies, production getting into it. It's we got to have the best of the best all around. I mean, it also goes to show you how well that Goodson Todman and Pearson treated Price's Right staff. For Mantle, maybe not so much, but Harry, I think you got to do that yourself, bud. I don't know if Eric can do it. I've got to go. Uh, no, there we go. 
But I think the um, next topic, if we're up to that, is um, music. Yeah. Well, as music. Much as I hate to say it. Music. We'll talk about the music a little bit, right? But this is another one of those things that I think gets bumped to. Because oh, I got like I got this in one sentence. Of cues. If I may, I got this in one sentence. Ed Kalehoff is the god of music and game shows. Prove it once again. The price is right. And move on. Bam. We will go further into that in later weeks. Um. Well, I'm going to stall for a few minutes because I do have a final thought slash question. Well, we also uh, but do I, have... But I do need, I do need uh, Mr. Mr. Broadhurst back for it. So I'm going to stall for just a moment. Well, actually, to answer a little bit of the comments from our loyal friend and true Toby, yes, we are on Tuesdays permanently. Damn it, Toby. The time is a little bit iffy, but yes, Tuesday nights. And we're probably not going to be going later than or earlier than 9 30, 10 Eastern. Thereabouts. Now, more on that next week, sir. Yeah. And again, if you haven't noticed, whose line did come back with Aisha Tyler? So you got both. She's not doing a bad job either. If oh, I'm, no. If she's I'm being doing... entirely honest. Having seen some of her episodes, she's been doing a pretty decent job. It's better than Supermarket Sweep. Anyway, uh, damn it, Toby once again. And uh, Harry is back with us. Um, there's your link for E! True Hollywood Stories, by the way. For the notes, of for course. The, for the description. Um, I... I'll have to check it out once we get done on air as well, then, because I do yeah, want to take a look at that. Here, it's an hour long. It's like it's it's got it's got everything. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Um, real quick in regards to the music of the prices, right? Uh, you kind of heard the opening show theme with our with our beginning intro that we did there when they when we went through the they went through the whole opening spiel there. Obviously, one of the more iconic intros in uh, game show history. We will discuss more about music in week four and five when we talk about the primetime versions as well as when we do the clip show at the end. I, I kind of mentioned that, but we are going to talk a little bit about music now. I, I, will I will expand upon the music discussion as well then because I will have a question for you guys with regards to the prices right now. Ed Kalehoff is a game show music god. End of story. Go ahead and uh, expand as necessary, Mr. I, I'm looking for something, so. Uh, and then I we'll head into you're the. Saying you had a question, so go ahead. Um. Well, the the, the question that I have is going to cause a discussion, and it's not one that we have time to have on this particular episode. So, do we have any other quick clips that we might want to play before we go off here? I do have some quick trivia fact about Prices Right in this era. All right, make it quick. Eric, I'm going to ask you if you know the answer to this question. All right. What was the first item up for bids? And why will we never see it aired on TV again? So if we're never seeing it aired on TV again... It's not what I was originally thinking. Wait, say that again. I'm sorry. I had... What was the first item up for bids, and why will we never see it on TV again? 
Are you referring to the 1972 episode here, September 4th, 72? Yes. All right, I can't answer this because I watched that episode in my in my homework. I'm pretty sure I remember the answer to this, which I'm pretty sure it was a fur. It was a fur coat. Yep. It was because Bob Barker had all furs banned off of The Price is Right. A decade later, and the network still honored that to this day, which is why on the 40th anniversary special, we got the second contestant to make it up on stage who played the bonus game. And ironically enough, 40 years later, sheer coincidence got to play the same bonus game for a 1972 automobile. Uh, a clean sweep of said bonus game as well on the original episode. And in the 40th anniversary as well. Wait, did you say automobile? (laughs) Oh. I I, I meant to say uh, mute yourself for No, 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 no. I got it. We're we're, going to say. Oh, I got it. You mean a new car? No. He just likes stepping on people's punchlines. It's a habit of his. Stepping on punchlines is a W2M network exclusive. No, it's a Jonathan Nielsen exclusive. <laughs> He's not wrong. He ain't lying. I won't deny it. All right, do you have you have clips posted inside of the I'm assuming the the second one is the one you want him to play? Uh no, not anymore. Yeah, because I'm seeing two here. Am I nixing the both first- of them? The first one I, I saw with the very most recent one that I played. The I one's heard. the t- 225 timestamp. Yep, I got it. Okay. All right. Mr. Nielsen, you said he was playing for a classic automobile. So he's playing for. Please tell me you have this ready, Eric. I, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm there. Our production yeah. values need and work, folks. Morning, by the way, just saying. He's playing for. <laughs> New car! It's the family feud car queue. Said seventies. This was one of the three car cues in the seventies. No, you're doing a new car. You're telling the big banana. <laughs> More on car cues later on, folks. But if you're like me from the Rod Roddy era, you'll never forget this car cue. As soon as I find it, it is called the Big Banana. It is not called the Big Banana. Eric, if you would please cue the the thing so that I can do a car properly. Oh, sweet lord. (laughs) I love how I said that. Everybody takes their goddamn headphones off. First of all, I'm going to pull a Michael Damn it, I wish I had them. I'm like, no, I'm not going to take my headphones off. It won't be that bad. Yet I'm the at. <sighs> Am I ready? Oh, damn it. Come on, fill me up properly. 
You pull a Michael Berger and you're not going to get queued up properly. Dems the rules. <sighs> and someone was knocking production value. Uh, we're working on it. Okay, we're working on it. But anyways, if you're like me and you remember the 90s and the early 2000s, this is the car queue we all know and love. A new car! That's right, this beautiful 2003 Mercury Sable LS comes with California emissions, air conditioning, power seats, and optional luxury comfort package. A Mercury Sable LS. <sighs> now... Actually, I have to admit the man was right. Secondly, sorry, Marty. I don't know it if he's going to be watching. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be watching once we hit the three-hour mark. So, Marty, a if three you want. You, know, you know, Marty, if you are watching us on all of our various platforms, such as, you know, the W2Web Network on Facebook, Twitter, Discord, etc., uh, it's been a three-hour show. I can't even do the plugs properly. You know, if you're still watching us, thank you. Wherever you're listening or watching from, thank you. Drop a comment, been, rate, yeah. review, do something. Let us know you're listening. Yes, please. If you're still listening, the, the it's Splendido. Say Splendido. Speaking of Splendido, that was not the cue we had ready next. It was the Feedstalker. Dang nabbit, I set myself up. For something that wasn't there, and I was actually wrong. I was th I was saying the big banana, but I was thinking of this, the Beanstalker, Mister Watkins. If you would roll that beautiful bean footage. Oh my god! <laughs> I quit. You want prices right from the seventies? That is the sound you're looking for. Oh, don't tell me I am drinking booze. He's the only one. That got opened on League to the Max or whatever, and I thank God it did. Anyways, I think while we listen to the Beanstalker, it's time to take us out of here, yes? At three, at three, three minutes. I wish this were only three minutes. At three hours, one minute, and 45 seconds now. Yes, somebody please take us home. A three-hour tour. Our, 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 yes, finally. You have been listening to Life is Like a Game Show. Price is Right, the Bob Barker era. Ish. Oh, I I, I have an outro, so I need you to stall for like... like a presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox, Google Pods, Apple Pods, Overcast. Rate and review us five stars on Spotify. And make sure you guys check us out in video format on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook by searching for either W2M Net or W2M Network on those respective affiliates. I'm at ATB the Eagle on pretty much all social media. Let's Google me, bitches. I'm tempted to say the same at JTN 2002. Do the Googles. Please do the thing, and that's what we're outroing on. You got it. In the meantime... At Squid Sports Head, if I'm not on the network, 
Odds are, with the number of podcasts that I do on this network, I'm here in total four days a week. You'll run into me. That number of podcasts, some would say, is too damn high. That's too much. There you go. We go out on a precious right game reference. <laughs> All right. Uh, everything. Cool. He went over on the range game, which can't be started for another 42 days. <laughs> Play the clip. You've been listening to Life is Like a Game Show, a presentation of the W2M Network. I don't get an outro. You didn't ask for one. Hi, I'll be here on the network somewhere. Find me. At the Andesian on Twitter. I'm at the Andesian on Twitter. Don't forget, because we haven't said it once this entire episode, send your hate mail about how long this episode has been to our resident hate mail receiver, s.garber at gmail.com. Marty Bass, we are incredibly sorry. Fuck the Mavericks while we're at it. We're out of here. W2M Network. $4,823. Actual retail price of your showcase, $90,761, a difference of $5,938. Philip, your bid was $61,000. Actual retail price of your showcase, $68,677, a difference of $7,677. You win, Denise. You are our winner. Denise has won more than 140. Largest daytime winner at the time. Now, folks, I want to thank you very, very much for inviting me into your home for the last 50 years. I am deeply grateful. And please remember help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Goodbye, everybody. Is she pregnant? No. It, it, it had a thing that said, I will be born in nine. I'm pretty sure it was, I was born nine days after the show started on television. Oh, I misread that. Sorry. Bob Barker. Last show. Thanks for watching, everyone. Rachel Reynolds, front and center next to Bob there. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.